sort of guy with a disability. Well, you guys need to stop I'm trying to start a show here. Okay. You want to do a show? Let's. I'm sorry. <laughs> let's do a show. You guys, the, the off the the off the air podcast. <laughs> that first of all, what a great concept. <laughs> yeah. The off well, the I off think, the I air think that's podcast. What most human beings already do. do They're doing it, their yes, own. Yes, yes. It's the conversations we're going to put out that happened when we weren't recording the podcast. <laughs> oh my god! So <laughs> I didn't realize this, but my oldest son, his iPhone is connected to. His leg mine. bone, his leg bone's connected to his. What's well, mine? Bone. It's the same account. So all my podcasts that I download oh, go to his phone. show up on his phone. <laughs> and I'm looking, he goes, Dad, can I let's do a podcast? And I was like, I realized no! that I, I, no, no, I give him, he listens to a lot of the podcasts do like uh, old time uh, radio stuff. So like Batman, yes. Spider-Man. Oh, so okay. that's cool. oh, that's really cool. That's what he means. So I'm like, sure. And I go to him, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What are we doing here listening to Hollywood Anonymous? <laughs> He's like, what am I? He's like, trust listen. me, I'm not. <laughs> and I go, you don't listen to Dad's podcast. He goes, why would I? What I don't. Oh, <laughs> uh, God bless he him. He goes, <laughs> he goes, I don't, that, you're the one that puts that stuff on there, not me. I'm not going to listen to that stuff. And part of me is like, good. And then the second part of me is like, once hey. again, you guys don't give a shit. About, about anything, anything I do, I do. <laughs> you would think that he'd want to be curious. You, you I, I'm sure you'd rather have it like he'd listen to all of them, and you're like, "Hey, this isn't for you." In the back of your head, you'd be going, "Well, at least my son gives a yeah, shit." Exactly. No, here's the problem: is that you're such a good dad. He doesn't need to know that about you. Does okay. that make sense? Oh, like our right. parents, our parents were so distant from yeah, us. Yeah, you're right. Oh, that's you're a, like, that's that a good sense. point. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's I mean, true. that's the reality because I've seen you interact. Like, you're such a proactive father. You know, that he's like, I get enough of dad. Yeah, there's almost, it's almost <laughs> yeah. to a fault. You're right. Good point. Whereas yeah. our parents, when we were younger, you're right, are, were tight lipped. Yes. You didn't know anything. No, like, the I didn't know anything were about my power. parents until well, like later in life. <laughs> so, but yeah, but for the most part, like, you're right. They're traditionally, or they just were emotionally detached. Yeah, or they'd only <laughs> tell you what they wanted to tell you in order to either scare you or discipline yes, you or yes, like. Yes. I'm saying, there's. There, not knowing anything about them made them more powerful in their minds. It was a generation where it's like none of your business what I was like growing up. Bingo. Because I don't want you to learn. I don't want you to learn from my mistakes. I just want you to tell you what's right and what's wrong, mm -hmm. and you do what I say. Right. But, By but, the way, welcome to Hollywood Anonymous. I am Brian Irwin. I'm John Huck. And in for the second time around, because we realized two years later that we never finished our conversation with him. Comedian and actor Aaron Eric Aaron Eric Aaron. Eric Edwards. Sorry, I was I started now. Eric Edwards. Well, here's what's crazy is I was like, did I do something to offend them? It did not. We want to no. bring you back on and ridicule you now because we no. had such an awesome time. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, two years went by, and I go, oh, maybe maybe I should have liked more of his Facebook posts. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> do people still feel that way about yes. stuff? Oh, I dude. I guarantee you, people feel. Oh, that way. do people really personally still hold uh, lack of I, likes against? I have. Not friend of mine that I'm like, really, dude? You, you know I talk, I mean, not me personally, because I, I made a point once, I heard him say, that guy never, he, he never likes any of my stuff. I'm like, oh, dude, really? Come on. He's, come on. You're grow a, up. Grow this was balls. a grown person you were talking about. This, this was a grown person? A grown, a, a guy uh, just turned in, in his like early 60s. Yeah. Oh, come okay. No, see, well. dude, see in, not, not allowed. Well, I, you know absolutely. what, then, okay, so then you have to ask yourself, what is the void that he's trying to fill in his oh, life? Oh, there's because plenty. There, I you know. know what I mean? Because you, you don't. And that's exactly what it is. I it personally, something like that. And I, I think I've talked to John about this. I, I am... I'm. I got one foot out the door when it comes to social media. I don't feel like I need it. Mm -hmm. he then, puts there's, his, then there's he, days that I do feel like yeah, I need you put it, your and toe I get upset. In the water, with my, but I get upset with myself 
for feeling that need because I get quite a bit of social interaction in my life with the people that I want to interact. I'll be very clear about that because I have whittled down the amount of people that I interact with, but I get enough. See, I, I, because my kid's schedule is so fucking intense. I, I actually, I, I use social media to kind of see what people are doing. And to get angry, um, and <laughs> to go, so what's going on? So for you to come, I gotta go to, to get gym. angry at other posts. Oh, just, just like, oh my, what's going on with the world? I am uh, right, goddamn Trump. You know what I'm saying? So that's I mean, why I hate. No, that's media why I should. Days. If I interacted yeah. more with like human, like adults, and it's you know, it's terrible because when I'm in a room with like two other like adults, you could tell I'm not around adults all fucking day, yeah, and yeah, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. spew shit, and like I'm so happy to be talking to another. Fucking guy over twenty five, you know. 20. <laughs> How old is your child? He's six. He's six years six, old. Nonverbal. Yeah. Uh, oh, he is nonverbal. He's nonverbal. So he, I've only met him, I think, twice. You and I have run into each run other into that like to Target. So right, but right, yeah, yeah, but I obviously, you know, with kids, kids yeah, don't talk to you anyway, even if they're thirteen. You'd be like, "Hello, yeah. how you doing there, little exactly, fella?" And they exactly. just stare at you. So you, you're like, "Okay, whatever." So he, so he has a condition to make. Is, he, is, yeah, well, here, here's the thing: is that he's got he's he's um he's autistic, okay. or he's he's definitely on the spectrum. But his underlying condition, no one can figure out what it is. Like genetically, they've done like sh- we've done like we've drawn so much blood. We're part of this thing called the Undiagnosed Disease Network. Uh, can I ask you something? Because it's like when, when my when my when my second child w- was was born, he had issues and he was in the NICU for a really long time. And ultimately, mm-hmm. whatever issues he had went away. And I think our biggest frustration was the fact that they couldn't tell us what was wrong with him. That is is, the, that, is that a big thing for you guys? Is the hugest fucking because here's the thing: is he's uh, he's like you know a little over, you know he turned six in uh in September, and he's right now he's like probably four foot two, four f- he's probably over four feet tall. That is very tall, just for so a six year old for a non and, a non child having person like John. He's close to a hundred pounds, but he only eats about a thousand calories a day. So his metabolism is off. As we well. have no idea what. Yeah, like you know, like like there's no reason why he's. So tall, why he's growing both directions so much. Like, there's this thing called Prodder Willie that they thought he might have, uh-huh. but because he's growing both directions and he won't like nonstop eat, you know, which is the big time with Prodder Willie. Basically, Prodder Willie is this thing condition where your body can't turn food into fuel, so you're, ne- you're constantly hungry. Oh, wow. You know, they, they literally cannot ever feel full. So you can't really blame him. So, like, basically, he doesn't have, you know, they thought it might be that. You know, but he doesn't. So, um, and no one can like figure out what the underlying condition is. And they've done, you know, both my wife and I've done DNAs. And basically, this is a one in like five billion. Like, if we were to try to have kids again, it would never happen. So it's like such a anomaly. So, uh, can I ask you a question? So, is this? Are, are there? Is this something that you've been dealing with since birth, or was something that it took a little while to? F- Figure out. This is what's. This is what. This you being a, you being a, a dad. Right. This is what will get you. Yeah. Our first uh, pediatrician that we went to didn't say much, but uh, like the one that we got right out of the you know uh, that that was covered under her insurance. Okay. But then we switched to SAG because SAG was so much cheaper, so much affordable. Um, so this our first doctor kind of hinted to something. That she like called it's called floppy baby it's called hypotonia which is what they basically low muscle tone it's okay. called floppy baby syndrome and she goes but he'll probably grow out of it oh, okay there, there's a strong chance this is within less than s- three months less than two weeks two weeks it's oh, the okay. first doctor's appointment oh, the second oh, okay. doctor's appointment uh, okay okay, okay. 
Um, so then we'd go see her, and she always kind of found things kind of going on with them. And we were like, you know, like you had the um, uh, torticollis where the, the head kind of tilts to one direction. Like almost a lot of kids have it. And, of course, all our friends were like, my kid had it. We didn't do anything. He grew up. Blah, 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 blah. Well, we were the ones going, well, fuck, we shouldn't have, you know. And we were so tired. We had to go to, like, um, you know, physical therapy with them. And we just we just beat our physical therapist up. Like, literally, we just bitch slapped her to, like, you know, you know <laughs> bullied her to, to get out right. of there. And... You know, and this you don't know the medical. Long, it's a long story, but basically, right around um, close to a, like six months, we literally got a new pediatrician because she kept on finding things wrong. Like you know, oh, meaning that you were like, all right, listen, let's slow down. On, like, this you, almost like your pediatrician is a hypochondriac. At bingo, some point. bingo. Okay, right. Like it was almost going. There's no. And then one day. We went in and we're like, you know what? There's something going on. We gotta, like, like it was like the fourth month appointment. We, because even I can't say because he'll be pissed. But someone very close to us said, "I'd be a new pediatrician." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, and we went back to her and 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 she was right. You know, she w- there was something going on. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and then we like you know we start we got hooked up with what the, what's called the regional center which is where the, they're uh, they're all I think I know they're all over California I don't know if they're all over the United States but basically they kind of help out people with kids with special needs and stuff and uh, that that was been the long process and like in here's what's crazy is that uh, because there is no underlining fucking thing going on you don't know what what's to come what's to come exactly like knock on wood. He's incredibly happy. He is okay. He's and, incre- and, and you know. from an interaction standpoint, like where uh, where on the spectrum is he, so that you guys know that you are. I mean, he's he communicates to you, so you guys you, he understands. I mean, there, there's a level. Oh, there's you're d- not- oh, it's a, it's a spectrum. It's a spectrum. Like the big thing is like he's. I don't really in- understand what the spectrum meant, but well, what it, what it means is that there's, uh, <laughs> there's like Bill Gates, okay, and then there's Rain Man, okay. Do you know what I'm saying? And the, there's it's really. Like you, dude. I I'm trying to think of someone that I know is a little spectrum me that we we know. <laughs> I, we know I, some spectrum. Well, you a lot know, of comics think, are. And on is the that spectrum. something yes. that do you think that's something that because like when we were raised or when we were born that that there was. It was I mean, you you it's like this kid next door. He's just a weirdo. He's like, a lot, yeah. little off, a little off. Yeah, yeah. yes, a little, yeah, off. little yeah. off, a little he, socially. But then the, your parents would say stuff like, "Well, you know, he he's good with numbers, but he can't be social." And but there was never any discussion. Like I didn't hear the word autism until Rain Man. Until I don't even know if I heard it during Rain Man. Oh, really? That I was, just, yeah. I, even after that, like to the point where it was like something that was so, and maybe it was because the invention of the internet, the world just becomes smaller. Yes. But like, yeah, maybe I heard okay, Rain Man's autistic, but autism wasn't something that affected seemingly so many people. Well, <laughs> well, hence the spectrum, right? That's it is, the, and yeah. what it is is that it's it's they don't know what. Um, there, I, I want to say that I don't know if there's necessarily a gene that causes it. I know that you can genetically test for it. You can, okay. and it can pop up, but you cannot necessarily pop up on the genetic test. Um, I'm, I'm well, can you have it and then not show any signs? Is that yeah? Well, is you that can. You can come off the spectrum. Okay. Like I want to say, I'd heard Dan Aykroyd was on the spectrum at one point. 
and then you become social. You know, you you uh, you learn how to socialize. You learn how to socialize, and then you learn how to take the cues, and then you understand the cues, and blah blah. You know, and right. And like I look at it this way, you know, Dan Aykroyd, his wife is gorgeous, so you know that's not <laughs> such a bad something. Else. That's not such a bad. That's not also, such a bad. I think Bill al- Gates did all right. Also, if we look at. Um, Dan Aykroyd's career, it's pretty fantastic. I mean, insane. The guy is Ins- Elwood Blues, and oh. I don't know why I would add this one in there, Doctor Detroit. But Dude, that's so <laughs> funny because you know what? I think of when I think of Dan because I I did a movie with Danny. Oh, um, oh but, yeah. But uh, when I think of one of the things I think about uh, Dan Aykroyd is Doctor Detroit because that ran on HBO all the time, and I just remember that line, "Mother, I'm gonna rip your neck off and shit down your neck." Was one of the things he did as Doctor as he said as Doctor Detroit. Is that like the first place? you ever heard that shit she down your neck? No, it might have been, you know what? I like how been. that's what you, is that the first time you Well, because they say in Stand By Me, too, and I feel like that might be the first time. But that was much I later. Than yeah, Dr. yeah. I was going to say Boys From Company C, possibly. Oh, wow. Uh, this is a standard saying. Oh, I'm yeah, going to rip yeah, your head off and shit down your neck. Yeah, this is like a standard movie saying? Well, I was from, I grew up in the military, so that's. It's a military That's a DI, that's definitely a drill Drill instructor, yeah. Kind of thing they would say to you. Private, I will rip your head off and shit down your neck. Or I wouldn't piss down your throat if your guts were on fire. You know? Or when they, or like uh, Full Metal Jack when he's like, Private Pile, did your parents ever have any children that lived? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, Sir, yes, sir. You, the best part of you ran down your, the crack of your mother's ass <laughs> or something like that. Oh, it's terrible. So back to my son. Uh, <laughs> so he's um, he's incredibly. Here's what why people don't want to put him on the spectrum for some reason, because he's incredibly social with adults. Okay. Like he will make eye contact, but he. And it was really hard to get him, like, people didn't want to put him on the spectrum because, uh, whatever, they thought we were going to have a, like, some sort of, you know, oh, he's got to, you know, it was like one, like. Does it benefit him to be on the spectrum? Yeah. Definitely with services and stuff. And That's also, what I mean, yeah. you know, because gotcha. it is also a quick way to explain to people so they can kind of, like, people deal with it a little bit so they can kind of, like, Compartmentalize it, right, right, right. You right. know, and because uh, I got to tell you something, you say "kid" and "special boy," people get freaked the freaked fuck out. out. I can only imagine. Oh, and it's so weird because people want to be. So, how's your kid doing? And I, I'm realize ninety percent of that question is they just want to hear, "Is he happy?" Bob, they don't want to hear <laughs> any <laughs> fucking thing. Yeah, he, they want to hear, "Oh, he's great." great that's, yeah. that's all they want to hear. And then, like, I, I ran into a friend of mine, uh, this girl I go way back. Like, well, she was like, "And you uh, from acting school, acting student." I got. A, I actually told my wife a very funny story about her and her boyfriend and me. That my wife. I don't think my wife really took the found the humor in it <laughs> as much as I did. Uh, uh, some stories are never supposed to be yeah, told. Some stories. It, it, it's not about post marriage. It's not about a doesn't matter. Oh God, if dude! There's I ever thought... a chance that any story from your past that you're telling after you've been married and look, mm-hmm. here's the one thing I think we can all agree on as men. Mm. There, there is a common understanding that, like, once we get married, it's like, hey, whatever. Yeah. Like, you, you have to kind of accept whatever. But then you forget that there's also that other portion that what, what comes with whatever is like, hey, we don't have to share all our past stories. <laughs> as long as it's not like covering up a crime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or <laughs> something that's oh, I didn't show you about my Back tax evasion. <laughs> oh, yeah, basically dude. something that's that's going to rear its ugly head in the future. Yeah. If that doesn't if it doesn't fall into that category, mm-hmm. you really should be care like you have to really assess your storytelling oh. as you move forward because doesn't matter if you've been together for 20 fucking years. Oh, dude. But I, you could but, say but the but one I've had those. fucking thing, right? Yep. 
So apparently you didn't really do a good job. Oh, of, it was too, well. You know, basically it was like I'm I'm I, I'm I'm much better looking than I thought I was. Story. You know what I'm saying? That's what it ultimately came down to. And it was this girl's boyfriend who pointed it out to me because, well, yeah, uh, this girl at this big agency party we were having, we had the same agent, was like very, very focused on me and could not stop talking to me and could not stop evading my space. And look, I've had many situations where I've had girls do that, and they absolutely did not want anything sexually to do with me. Right. Everyone else thought they did, but they just recognized you. They knew who you or were. Whatever it was, maybe because I was what I felt I was safe. Whatever the reason was. <laughs> uh, uh, and then this guy's got a friend vibe. Bingo! He's got my back. He's got my one of the girl vibe. I don't yeah, know what I'm saying. Yeah. And she walks away, and I'm like, going, I'm kind of got this going. Maybe she, you know, maybe she, and then. Uh, seconds later, she brings over her boyfriend, who obviously forced her to go, uh, what's the fucking deal with you guys? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he was like definitely very aggro and whatever. And then he, he walked away with her, and my friend's boyfriend went, Guess someone. I guess someone was a little threatened by you. And I was like, "Yeah, okay, so what's this? Yes, I'm a man." <laughs> um, and I go, "Thank God." And he was right because at the time I was single, and yes, because she was paying attention, I was definitely going to try. Sure. You know, getting a little something. So here's yeah. here's my insight on how men should tell stories and how men should listen to women tell stories. If your wife comes home and said, "This guy hit on me today," you go, "Huh, that's good. That's cool." Mm-hmm. You never come home and go, "So this girl was hitting nope, on nope, me." Nope, oh nope, yeah, nope, yeah. I'm nope, telling nope, you right now. Nope, nope, nope. It serves. There's no win in that. No you think it's a little win. bit of an ego boost for you, but you need to keep well, that you to yourself. That, you think that, well, one side told me a story like that once. Uh-huh. But you have to understand that in society, men hit on women all, all the fucking the time. time. My wife So, like, for them, they're not yeah. seeing it the same way when we tell the uh-huh. story. It's like, where's this story going? What were you doing to, to cause? Yeah, because your wife has seen you <laughs> yeah. out. Like, she's seen you behave in public. There's no way anyone else would want to talk to you. Like, well, hold on. Now, yes, by the way, I've never done this so I, because I'm very careful. I don't want to get myself in trouble, but I'm making an assumption that would probably get me in trouble if I started telling stories about, oh. first off, and I also want to be clear about something else. No one hits on me anymore because <laughs> I love fucking pizza so much and just not socializing <laughs> that I'm not even in those scenarios oh, anyway. Well, but st- but still, if I was, I probably would keep my mouth shut. Oh well, check this out. I've realized like exactly like how good looking I am in the sense of like because I'm like in the therapies. There's a lot of women in that in that are the therapist. Yeah. Okay, and I am good looking enough if I'm a good proactive dad and a good husband to be flirted with. Well, but I yeah. am not. I am not good looking enough to flirt back. Do you right. understand? Yes. No, yeah. you do, do you understand? I become. Oh, you're. Oh, you're. Oh, how dare you? Now you're a pervert. Oh, I'm your son's therapist. How dare you? You know. You know. You bring up a really good point of which I, interesting dynamic in the parenting world is yes. because I was a stay at home dad, so I was I yeah. was in the mom world. Mm-hmm. You were and a stay at home dad. Well, you know what I'm saying. Like when they're young, when your oh, kids yeah. are younger. Yeah. You're more into a world where, like, you're you're having to do things, and yes. it's, you're primarily in a woman's world. I don't have to deal with it anymore now because my kids are in school. So, yeah, you know, but mm-hmm. it's the Mister Mom scenario. Yes, 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 yes. But what I what what Eric, what you're talking about, Eric, is so funny because it's an interesting dynamic, which is you are attractive, and I use that term not in a sexual way. No, it's like you are attractive to them because you are the perfect mate. Yes, you are, and so they're acknowledging that. But the minute. If you were to turn that in any way and make yeah. it creepy, uh-uh. or yes. like say anything, no, outside, turning it would make it creepy. Yes. You know, no, I'm yeah. saying if, yeah. if it ever came off like it was anything more than they were acknowledging how 
this is going to sound weird, but like how turned on they are by your mate ability. Mm-hmm. When I say turned on, I mean they're not turned on like I wish this guy would hit on me turned no, on. No, Does that make sense? Nope. Yeah, yes, no, I don't, it, it makes sense. There, there's the f- that fine line. So it's just like if you do anything that turns them off, you're fucking out. Oh, period. But if, this they, is- if they get any vibe that they think that you have any ulterior motives, motives you, yes. are fucking, you are out of their, you are out of their kingdom. Because you have to understand something. When you're a stay-at-home dad, it ain't your world. No. It is a mom's kingdom, and you better fucking get used to that shit. And if you fuck it up, you're out. Now, now, granted, they're all and I and I applaud them for that, by the way. Yeah, but they're all also exceptions, you know. Which, like, if you're like Brad Pitt doing it, like, it's still fucking ah, Brad right. Pitt. But when you look like me, I gotta like I gotta understand my my parameters. Like, for instance, and God forbid anything was to happen to my wife, I would suddenly, you know, like I would suddenly be like, you know. Oh my God! I gotta this poor soul. Let me let me ease your pain. Or if like she was to do something incredibly scummy on me. Oh yeah. As long as it's not my fault. Yeah. You know it's like saying? this as George as Costanza would... when he had that picture. He's like, I'm a, I'm a widower. Oh, and, yes, and yes, people yes, were like, yes. Oh my God! And women were like, Oh, he's a widower. And they were. <laughs> no, well, check this out though. I'm in this one scenario where I'm recurring, and there is this young lady who literally. Uh, note to self: Don't let my wife ever listen to this. Um, <laughs> And she was definitely throwing me major. Knew I was married, and all I was like going, "Oh, hold on, I know what's going on here." If I fucking hit up, because only two, only two scenarios yeah. could happen. Either one, she something happens, and I'm that asshole that did that to my fucking awesome wife. wife. Right. Or two, I totally misread the situation. Yeah. And I am now the guy that is the creepy guy yep. who hit on this woman who was just being nice, and I'm like going, "Okay." I'm, I'm just out. Cool. I'm, I'm just out. gonna walk. Just look, look ahead. Yeah, walk you away, never want to be ignore. Jimmy Stewart in "It's a Wonderful Life." Uh, hey, <laughs> hey, Mary. Like there's that moment when they're just kind of singing along, and all of a sudden it's like, "Hey, maybe I should kiss you. Maybe you should get the fuck out of here." <laughs> <laughs> my bad. My bad. My bad. Oh man, and it's like, like you know you got to get to a point. Like we're all older men and finally mm-hmm. fucking figured it out. It's mm-hmm. like fucking move on with your life, dude. Everything oh. is I everything. Out Men need to understand that, you know, single men, let's yeah. be very clear, or just douchebag men, need to understand that not every moment in life is the potential to get laid or and the potential get over that, to mate or the potential to be, you know what I mean? Yeah, but once you get over it, guess what falls in your lap? Yep. The way it's once you kind of like when go, you're not looking for it, you know, uh-huh. or, or when you're doing it or when you're looking for it in the actual correct socially, like I met my wife, internet dating. You know what I'm saying? So, like, in other words, is this, I is this Tinder or pre-Tinder? Uh, pre wait, pre-Tinder. So I what? Her, what uh, what, what kind of? Yeah, we're talking like one of those websites. So those yeah. things work. I always uh, thought that was oh. bullshit. Oh no, here, here's eHarmony has the best uh, record for for long-term relationships. Here's the yeah. thing: is it's actually it's just like a bar. It's just, well, hold on, it's just like the real world, except you don't have to go out into the real world for it to happen. And you can clear away a literally all the all, bullshit you know you don't like. Like, bingo. I don't want a smoker. I don't want a yes, chick yes. who talks like a truck driver. I don't want to, whatever yes. it is. Like, you get rid of all that immediately, so you don't have to find out that that's what they are 15 dates in. Yeah. It's out of the way. Like, I've always thought it was super efficient. It's very efficient, because, like, first of all, women weren't, like, spontaneously just... Appearing in my apartment, you know what I'm saying? Right. And, you know, and <laughs> I, and I just felt like right. all that stuff would just be too many lies, too many layers of lies. No, 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 not no. on you, you that. Start, you get through it very quick. But you like do. my my uh, one of my my friend Christian, who got me the job at Young Writers, the reason why I did eHarmony is because he met his wife, who's and he we used to call him Satan. I mean, this is the guy that while the towers are falling, we're eating breakfast and we're watching the towers crumble, and he and he then uh, looks at our best our buddy Tim and goes. 
where's your God now, motherfucker? You know, he is that dark. Wow. He literally is, I mean, he is, he's hard to explain, but he met his wife, first date, first and only date he had on eHarmony. They have been married for 12, 13 years. And they literally, I've never met somebody, two people that she tolerates him. She loves him. They have a kid that's, I mean, it's crazy. Now, yeah. it took me like what, a year what and a half. What made you, because not everybody, did, well, I guess maybe I shouldn't say that. I'm so far past Well, no, because you did it before. Why, but, yeah, wh- why, what made you finally go, you know what, I'm going to try this internet dating thing. Oh, or no, the reason why, because of, of him. Because of that. Otherwise, you never would I, even. Well, I probably would have eventually, just because, like I said, I couldn't go out with a stand. You know, uh, Feeney had ruined my reputation of dating. For whatever, it just became awkward, and I was not also in in a good way. You're talking I, about because you were in a scene. In a, right? in a scene, in and also we're talking about stand up. But yeah, also I'm like going. It was a good thing goes. You know what? I'm not really built for this. Your wife has nothing to do with the business, or is um, she's she's peripheral. She's uh, fa- she works at the Fashion Institute. She uh, okay, but not not directly. No, yeah, yeah, she's not a comedian. She's not no, an exactly. actor. She, okay, got it. But yeah, she's yeah. she's very artistic. You know, she does used to design my website. I mean, like she's very creative. She's that side. That side, yes. Yeah. Uh, so like I was like one of the normals. She's yeah, she comes from a funk, uh, functional family. It's fucked up. Yeah. I mean, like it's really crazy. weirdo. Yeah, <laughs> fucking crazy. Well, yeah, what's wrong? There's something hidden there. She married me, so there's <laughs> got to be something jacked up. <laughs> she needed some excitement in her life. Oh uh, yeah, um, and so uh, because like, and I, I and I say this in a good way, but but the relationship with Feeney was is that it went. Oh, I can't date another comedian. You know, it, I'm not built for this, like dating a comedian. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I gotta be honest with you. I don't necessarily know how John feels about this, but I, I, and I feel that I feel like a lot of actors and actresses feel the same way. It is very difficult to to date within those worlds. Here's what I say: If it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. Uh, there's like, there's exceptions goes, to like, every I've rule. Norm- I've went out with a few normies that are like. Wow. Well, Eddie Gosling is a perfect example yeah. of like uh, 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 two comedians. Um, Who is uh, Eddie Gosling? Oh. Oh, and also. Uh, Daniel Keating and uh, Pardo. And, and Pardo, yeah. yeah. Okay, so, I mean, a, there are... There's a couple, yeah. Okay, so there are exceptions, but but a lot of times it's like fire, 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 fire. Well, and and, and, just, and, and and desires of needing to do stuff. It's just yeah. such a it's such a, <clears throat> a hard business anyway yeah. that when, like, I've dated uh, comedians and actresses and, and, and those... This is just John's chance to brag about this. Just showing off. Oh, yeah, dude. But, hey, showing but those, off. But, we're here, aren't we? But those <laughs> relationships have always... There was... There was always a little bit of a, oh you got you got that I didn't get anything like you know that that, that was the thing I couldn't fucking deal with and with 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 her God bless her and she's I mean I will still say this I don't know where she's at what what she's doing in her world right now but that girl was fucking funny I mean that she that girl to this who day, is this Feeny Goodman oh, I, okay. I don't know if she's still a stand up or not uh, and I know she's married but that one of the funniest darkest. Comic minds yeah. I've ever met in my entire life. I mean, if we could just have kept it on us, right? We used to tag. I mean, it was a great experience. But that being said, both of us came from two real dysfunctional world and a lot of insecurities. And so there was always a little, you know, there's just a, it's a weird dynamic. And I realize it's like me, like dating a stripper. I am not comfortable enough with who I am as a man to be thrown in the competition of that world. Does that make sense? Yes. yes. If I really like that girl, now, I've messed around with a few, but I went, I, I kept him in the, like, I carpet, you know, I said, okay, I will never have a real relationship with this. And that's terrible. You know what I'm saying? But, like, I could not have the self-esteem 
to deal with someone that is hit on so fucking constantly, you know, yeah. that it really, I mean, I know I definitely had like a lot of pro like I, I take, you know, my 50% of what went wrong in that situation, you know, yeah. because I look, if I would, you know, she would show up with her fucking little, her lunchbox, which is a lunchbox was, a, she used it as a purse with a comic. And then just that just was like open, like Caesar for every fucking guy with a penis to come like, you know, at it, you know? So it was like, <laughs> you, you know, and then of course, you know, I have low self-esteem, but yet, you know, I am a trained martial artist. And for the most part, most stand-ups, I mean, there's a lot of exceptions, but there's a good majority that I know I can fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> there's, no, there's no viral videos of you kicking people's asses. I, I no, had insomnia I the other night. I, thank God I skipped that shit. Like, I never, and also I don't really fight, you know. You know, I'm not, I'm not a... I, I just only bring that up is because I, every other night, I, I've, for some reason, I have some insomnia and I do the worst thing possible, which is I pick up my phone, I go to Facebook, I hit one video, and then I go down the video oh, rabbit down hole. down the fucking rabbit hole. And then it always ends up with somebody fighting fucking somebody. Like, the thing is, you can... Uh, it could be a cat video, yes. and six videos down, it's all fights now. Now it's just, which I know cats love to fight, so I think that's probably the, the tie-in <laughs> is cats it. are hitting someone. So they're like, let's just get to what you really want to see, which is car accidents in Russia. Yes, And yes, some guy being picked on, <laughs> some little man being picked on who's ultimately going to knock the other guy cold. Yes, and like i got to say, right? I've seen that many, there's this chubby little kid who reminds me of me in high school who he was getting like picked on eventually dude he clocked that dude yeah or he like, picks the guy up and just body slams oh him, yeah and i'm like god bless you there's so you know there's some part of you that's like american justice right there yes you really yes like sure, you know sure. street justice so i don't know how we spiral this far okay off of where we were going about my bottom, poor son the bottom uh, line is so you're so I met her do on you, you you met your wife on eHarmony. Yes. you guys have been married how long now it will be Nine years. Nine years. Uh, June twenty seventh. That's amazing. Yeah, I so know. And uh, we've been. To, yeah, we we pretty much. I I think I did I, propo- I proposed to her. Um, April. We met, not we not 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 in the actual eHarmony message. No. Okay. Because no, 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 I would no. say that's yeah, taking it, it too far. To whom it may concern, <laughs> will you marry me? <laughs> but, but I gotta tell you something. I learned so much from like you know, like I, what I it kind of solidified my relationship with her. Kind of solidified my moves. You know, like how I, you know, like I, I, we, we talked on the phone, blah, blah, blah. And that's like eHarmony, you start getting really good. Like I could tell by the fucking phone call if I was even interested. Sure. You know, and then I could definitely tell within literally the first, like if not by the first moment I saw the person versus the last moment of the date. Right. Whether, you know, there was oh, wait, some. So, you, so how many eHarmony dates did you? Uh, Like 15. Oh, okay. So, okay. You know, right. This wasn't a one and done. No, no. Okay. God, no, no, no. It was like, and I just kept on like every, when I get it, when I come home from the club. Isn't it expensive? No, it's like 10 bucks a month. Yeah. I mean, li- well, no, no, no. Here's the dates. Oh, here's what, for me it was, and I'll tell you why, because what it was, it was always a cup of coffee, and I always made sure I, I got the cup, uh, the, I paid for the first date, which was only a cup of coffee. I always made, because... If it wasn't vibing, yeah. I was gonna get my I was gonna get my imaginary phone call, my you know, do my acting and leave. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because do your prop work. Do my prop work because nothing. Wor- <laughs> I I you learn really quick on look this person. And here's what I remember. This was one of the most shocking things. You know Chris Magaha, right? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. To this day, one of the coolest human beings to walk the face of the earth. And God bless her to put up with like she's literally a good friend. Like. Her like she used to invite us to her parties down the road, and me and my buddy Stacy were the only two single guys that she would like invite, or there would be others, but she was really close with. So she also made sure we were the best two 
good looking this guy's at the party. That so she was always always looking out for us, you know, in nice. a really cool way. And um, like I I met this girl. I thought the date went terribly. Like it was just we had great phone like conversation, but the actual interaction on the date. It just, I just felt like there was nothing there. Like she was not interested in me whatsoever. So, you know, I kind of like, you know, moved on. And then, like a month and a half later, I get this long, extensive eHarmony email about why didn't you ever ask me out again? Blah, blah, blah. So I literally cut and paste that and go, Chris, is, should I ask this girl out again? <laughs> you know, and she, and she was literally like, 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 the, uh, Dana Gould's bit about like reciphering the Sapruder tape, you know, going, <laughs> going back, you know, and she goes, I think, uh, yeah, you should, and and I, my gut instinct was kind of right. It it, it wasn't meant to be, but it was like really. <clears throat> I mean, she literally read this. She it took her like forty five minutes to get her answer. She goes, hold on, and then she called me. She goes, oh, wait a second, hold on, I, let me let me read again, and she goes, yeah, okay. So it, there were situations like that, but for the most part, I knew, you know, I. And then a lot. Of, there was also distance too. Like you know, like I remember, I one girl lived in Valencia, and I, I mean, nope. there was definitely uh, <laughs> there was a vibe, but it wasn't enough of a vibe. Going, yo, man, it's if too I don't much work, if right? I don't get laid, I mean, like I got to be getting laid. I actually said to my my uh, my wife, I said, uh, thank <laughs> God you made out on the first date because I was like, you lived. She lived on the west side at the time. Dude. I, I was <laughs> like, like, yeah, you got to be getting, <laughs> yo. And, I mean, my wife has a pretty good sense of humor. She I gave. didn't understand about the distance thing, which is so funny what? because uh, there's another buddy of mine who lives in Alabama, and he was talking <sighs> about, like, he's doing the, the Tinder thing. And he said, you know, I asked her where she lived, and she's like 25 minutes away. And I'm like, and? And he's <laughs> like, dude, you don't, he goes. That's LA time. Nah, nah, down here, 25 minutes is not 25 minutes to you. He's like, that's another city. That's just a d-. And he goes, I'm not, I'm not into dating people from other cities. I'm like, okay. I'm like that's split the difference, dude. It's like 12 and a half minutes. It is. And not only that. And he was like, not down here, it's not. Like, in his mind, where yeah. he's at, it's like, that's a fucking day trip, dude. I'm not into day tripping. See, that, that, like, that it's baffles It's so weird me to me. Because it could take you 25 minutes to get from here to Eagle Rock but Avenue. But he's not here day. anymore. Yeah. So for yeah. him... It takes me 25 minutes to get to Brian's to do yeah. this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but in his mind, <clears throat> like, if he was here, that would be okay. He's not here anymore. So right. he Think about everybody that leaves here. That's uh-huh. true. And things they fucking take off the list of like, well, I'm never doing that shit anymore. Like, when I remember <laughs> when I first moved out here, one of the things I would do when I lived in Los Angeles is I would drive to do seven minutes at the comedy store in La Jolla. Yeah. Do you realize that could be a fucking two hour and fi- two, fifteen three, minute almost drive three hours just, just to get there get to there. do seven and seven minutes of fucking stand up? Yeah. Like yeah. now, I, so if somebody said that to me, I'd be like, "Yeah, that's not happening. I'm Am not doing paid? that shit anymore." Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Even five hundred dollars. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's, but but there are certain you, everything has its price price yes, to pay, yes. and like now it doesn't have a price. So like for him, he moves away, and he's like, "Time is my money now," and yep. twenty five minutes. Not well, worth it. I'll say that it's uh, just weird, but whatever. I get it. Yeah. In in all this, like I filled out an eHarmony uh, or a Match.com profile like, yesterday. All, all all the way through. Like <laughs> it's a pretty extensive thing. So oh, I yeah. filled it all the way out. And then they wanted my credit card. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, uh, you know, I don't know. And then literally uh the next night I didn't I didn't give them my credit card. And the next night I met what my now wife. Oh, nice. But on our first date, because she lived in Playa del Rey. Okay. I lived in Hollywood near Runyon Canyon. Oh wow! Yeah, and, you got all, you're all and, surface streets. And because when we were talking, we met at the bar. We met at a bar, mm-hmm. and we, she tells me she lives in Playa, and I kind of 
tune the rest of it out. I was like, well, goodbye. I don't know what to tell you. And so I tried to leave, and my buddy was like, dude, she gave me her phone number. I was like, what? Like, I went back in, and I asked her out, and then our first date was in Santa Monica. And on our first date, I said, so she's in the business. She's a producer. But I was like, do you want to be a comedian or an actress or anything? She goes, no. I go, not even a little bit? She goes, no. I go, you don't even want, like, five years down the road, you're not going to want to start doing open mics or anything like that? <laughs> and she goes, what? No. And I go, okay, because if this relationship is going to work, there can only be one needy piece of shit in it, and that's got to be me. And, of course, that's completely not how our relationship is, but at the time, it was like... It was a great speech. You needed to make your speech. I needed to make a speech like, look, I'm a struggling weirdo, and yeah. if you're not into that... See, some people would, be like, what, would say, what the fuck are you doing? But I, I know you well enough to know that yeah, if you're going to go down this path, you need to know how fucking, how exactly If I'm driving to Playa oh, Del yeah, Rey dude. after shows at night and then driving back to Hollywood at 5 a.m. so I can take a shit in my own toilet, you better be somebody. Oh, yeah, well, like, in, like, with my, yes, yeah. Now, that was not the speech you gave. <laughs> That's the no. speech I gave her. Yeah, see, with my, with, with, with. You, at least you didn't say, I'll rip your fucking neck off and shit, shit down, down shit your neck. I'll rip your head off and shit um, down your neck. And kind of like with my, with my wife was like, I was like, we were. It, it was the first day. We were having some wine, you know, which is always good for me. But I always made a point that like. He's glad it was about you. That's good. That was good for you. Yeah. Well, no, because yeah, she's a drinker. It'll, it'll fuck her up a little bit. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, that the was bottom, your test. And, well, here's the thing: is I have a big rule. If we're not, if this isn't a romantic date, I can't risk the DUI. You know what I'm saying? I can't risk it because nothing's worse than the DUI and. Oh, not this is pre Uber. This was pre Uber. Way pre Uber. Way way before it was. Remember, no, there weren't apps. There was no, That's uh, right. The smartphones were. You could were play very, Snake on your phone, and that was about it. Th that was yes. You could do maybe t Tetris, or you or could something. download one app, and it took up all the space on your phone, and it ran slow. Oh, I don't know. Like, I mean, I had the flip phone. So, oh, you, oh, you were yeah, still flip phone so back, back then. Flip okay. Phone back then. Okay. So, so you weren't even texting. Yeah, we were just, and I got to tell you something. Texting made shit so much easier because you can literally flirt texting. Yeah, but not the old. The flip phone text, you'd have to hit like a. Oh yeah, I know it took a while. Then, yeah. Because it was, it was, the, it yeah, was I would text no or yes to everything because I wasn't going to go through a <laughs> sentence of like pressing. <laughs> Dude, I've got terrible spelling to begin with, so I'm like, oh, I'm all self-conscious. Yeah. Uh, so like you know, I I, uh, I remember I grabbed her hand like not in a aggressive way. I just put my hand and she grabbed back. I was like, oh, I'm in. It's mine to fuck up. Every time I've hooked up with a girl. I did the hand thing, and if they grabbed back, it was mine to lose. And then, you know, and then, you know, we had a great talk. And, and I remember she almost didn't even, like, sh she saw me, but she almost, like, walked away because I was on my phone. But I was, and I saw her, and I was like, hold on, this date it doesn't officially start for 10 more minutes. And I'm calling my, my, my aunt who raised me. And find out if I made the the cut of Criminal Minds because it okay. aired that you know right. it came an hour early. Oh, nice. You know what I'm saying? So I wanted to make sure because nothing you know nothing's worse is saying you're on a show and then you nope, you're not on the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah and in TV, they don't send you a letter. They don't like, send you a letter. Depending on the director of a movie, they'll send you a letter. They did on when I on the Dexter I did do. They did call and say, oh, hey, right. we just want to let you know he didn't make the cut, but we you know she goes, we liked him a lot. If this wasn't the last, you know, basically it was season. the very last. If this isn't season. the last thing we were ever going to shoot. We would use him. Yeah, but yeah. they go, but they end up using me in something else like later on. But nice. so I'm like, oh, you know, so she was like, oh, he's a selfish, you know, he's on his phone. Yep, absorbed. That's guy. a shitty yeah. look. It's you know, a shitty it's look. It's a terrible look. But like, I showed up ten purposely ten minutes early. Well, you didn't do the phone in one hand and then the the throw the throw the finger up move, did you? I, I was like, 
I was like, oh, oh, and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm just talking about you. Okay, that's better. I you can't, okay? You know, I can't really remember because I, I was like, oh, I, that was her. You don't have the dismissive rule. Oh yeah, like, oh, I'm I not even. I'm barely gonna acknowledge oh, look you because I'm do, on the phone. Look at me. Do I look? I'm like, just making sure. Oh then no, it, that only happens after once I've had intercourse. Uh, okay, good. Again, then, then you're I, dismissive. Then I have enough, you know, cockiness. That then you're like, I've gotten what I wanted. That was great sex. Are you on your phone already? I'm calling my aunt who raised me to find out if I did sex right. And well, and I did. I, it's, it's, it's talk about like the best scenario because I did not know she was. She watched Criminal Minds. It was on her DVR when she oh, got home. Oh shit! I didn't tell her what show I was on. Oh, I thought you were using that as like industry lingo. The aunt that raised me. I thought you meant. I thought this was like an oh, agent. No, no, You're actually I, talking to an aunt. I'm actually talking to my. What aunt. Is, industry lingo no, 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 is no. the because he said to see me. if I made the cut, meaning that I oh. thought he was talking to an agent and said you oh, didn't. No, no, oh, his aunt cut. watches CSI. She lived in Topeka, Kansas. That's which fine. It aired, you know, two, two hours, hours two three hours yeah. earlier. Yeah. yeah right. So, um, so and then we, you know, we have our date, and then we go to get a little cup of coffee to sober up a little bit. And I just kind of—it's funny because I'm like, look, and I just get a little closer, and then she comes in and just gives me the big old there kiss. I'm like, in. yeah. And of course, I did what any grown man did. As soon as I got fist in my pump? car, I call, yeah, I fist bump. No, I called every <laughs> friend of mine. And go, dude, I just made out with a hot chick. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you know, you're like the number. This is your aunt. You actually redialed uh, my number. Like, oh, sorry. Oh, anyway, oh, Linda, I just made out with my <laughs> with a hot girl. And I was on CSI. <laughs> what a yeah. night. Uh, criminal minds. But criminal, uh, sorry, criminal I know people to, I don't want people to look up see, and go, who are No, you no, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're um, right. Were you killed on the show? We do have a lot no. of fact checkers. No. Were you the killer? No, I was the, I was the, uh, the, uh, um, Forensic scientist. Oh, okay, okay, Which good. I was like so, so it wasn't stoked. like a pervert hiding in the bushes oh, or yeah, anything. No, and they dude, were like, oh. dude, nothing's worse is uh, when to I know am, what your type is. <laughs> oh, trust me, I've been in, like, I remember. I was, do you know uh, what your type is? After after getting enough calls, what would you classify your type as? These well, days? you've gone through two. You basically had two separate two careers. Separate, like right now, what I am is I can be uh, nerdy, okay, or I can kind of be a pedophile. Like if yes. I have a mustache. I comb am, your I hair look, a special way. Yeah, I can look like I've been in the the pet, and nothing's worse is going in on a like a. I, w- I was up for the shield. I went for the shield for the go. The pet, there's a bunch of guys that I that we normally don't go that route, but we're there for the audition, and then we go. It's gonna go to him. He's the go-to pedophile guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it went. It do you, went to do you, so when you don't, and I guess John and I've already talked about this. You kind of know who you are, and you at some point you have to accept. Yeah. Or you get what, told who you are by casting director, and you have to accept that if you want to stay in the game, you have to accept the fact that they're saying no. Yeah. Lean into this your strengths, is where baby. We're putting, this is where we're putting you. Putting you yeah, yeah. And well. you kind of, you know, I think we've talked about this before. And we'll, we'll get back to this a little bit later with you, but like, we, you always wonder, like, do they? Do the people that always get called in to be the really ugly people or the super obesely fat people, yeah. like, how do they come to terms with that? Or do they just kind of do it's like, like, how do, like, you wonder, like, how do they come to terms with that? Oh, You're an when, when I was, when I was incredibly obese, my, sometimes my, my cast, my, uh, my, and how would they talk to my you? Man, about my manager would, I hate reading this. I'm like, uh, look, I, I, I see myself every day. I, I, I got it. You know, now, but did anybody ever in an audition? Say things and talk to you in a way that you were like, okay, now you fucking taking it too far. Well, here's the worst is uh, I remember there was a couple like there was one where I had to have a heart attack. Okay, so they actually thought I was having a real fucking heart attack. It was probably because <laughs> I was obese, but also like, sweet acting, dude. And sweet, exactly. But I'm like, uh, I'm, they were worried about me being too overweight. I'm like, what? I go. The direction was the role is fat guy ha- having heart attack. Having a heart attack. <laughs> I'm fine, you know. Like say, you know, I, you know, 
that, but they've that, never said things where like you oh, were just like, yeah, you don't so, have to talk that way to well, me. Well, I like, remember I, once I, when I was losing the weight and I was making my own film. Yeah, and I was I hadn't quite. I was we actually had to do literally a page one rewrite. Because when I was, uh, there was at a certain point where, like, you know, if I, like right now, I'm a little chubby. If I had 15 more pounds on me, I could definitely play, I would definitely be the fat guy. Right. Not the insanely obese guy. But you had way more than 15 pounds on you. Yeah, yeah. But, like, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a line where I'm, like, there's a certain uh, point where I'm passing. You know what I'm saying? There's a, like, like, if I'm over 200, if I'm over 200, then I'm, I'm, I'm not chubby. I'm definitely more Fat, but I'm not like you know John Candy size. Right, like I'm like Belushi ish before right. he went crazy in Blues Brothers. Yeah, Blues yeah. Brothers, exactly. So there's that weird line, and I got to that point, and I went to the guys who were writing because we we were going for we were like locking out equipment, all that kind of stuff. I said, uh, so should I stop losing weight at this point? And like the producer went, you'll do anything to stop losing weight, won't you? And I was like, okay, fucker, okay. So then I got down, and then I showed up, and they're like, uh. Wow, we're gonna have to rewrite. Th- I go, yeah. I told you, motherfucker. I so asked. You were dicks about it. Yeah, Here's and then your when punishment. the guy said a comment like, "Yeah," like I, there was some sort of weird thing about a coat, and he, the director wanted to say, "Yeah," but when I would wear a leather coat, it looked like a garbage bag, and I was like, "Oh, yo, hey, hey." Le- if it was to come out of my mouth, that would be one thing, right. Right. you know. But now you're crossing a line, you know. So yeah, I was real sensitive. But there is points where you're like, I, <laughs> I have been told. You're not good looking enough. I go uh, for the. I'm like, we want a leading man. I'm like, well, you called me enough. Yeah, granted that picture. I'm the best looking I've ever been. <laughs> you know, that the right light, but there's no makeup. There's no nothing on it. You brought me in. You know, and there's <sighs> been there's been situations where like I'm like, oh shit, I'm the fucking ugliest motherfucker in this room. Wow. But to me, when I see that, when you walk into a room and it's like, it seems like everyone's a model and you're not. It's like, and you're all up for the same thing. In my head, I'm like. I could easily get this because well, they're going to see. Well, they're looking for the. I, no, I, I it say depends. This. It depends on how it's written. Do you think sometimes they're looking for? They also want to. They want to the see. They want to see the opposite, and they want to see. You well, know, well, check this out. Normally, like when I'm the ugliest guy, I don't get it. When I'm the handsomest guy, I don't get it. It's when I'm kind of like Circle the everyman. Like we're like, yeah, we're like, okay. Basically, they don't want leading white guy. You know right. what I'm saying? They want. They want. You know, a little character. They want old. They want second, third banana dude. You know what I'm saying? Maybe a lot of personality. You know, whatever it is, is that, like, they, I get it. Like, you know, I'm like one of my uh, things, I booked uh, this thing a few years ago called uh, The Wedding Band. It was uh, Brian Austin Green. His It was a TV show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I remember that show. And I remember at the audition, I went in. It was for, like, a nerdy accountant kind of guy. And, like, I looked at all the guys that were there. I was like, oh, fuck. I am Brad Pitt in this room. Holy <laughs> shit. And these guys are very good. These guys are very good at doing that. Like, they could do high comedy nerd or, or 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 normal. I was like, "Fuck, okay, well, I got nothing to lose." And then I, you know, kept on rereading the, you know, the size and went, "Okay, no one's gonna make this fucking choice. No one is gonna make this choice." Of, like basically, uh, a woman like is like kind of doing a lap dance for us. And the line is, "Do you do this for everyone?" I did it as if like. You do this for everyone, don't you? Like I'm disappointed. I, I, it hits on me that oh, I'm I'm not special, am I? <laughs> you know? And I go, no one's gonna make that fucking choice. I'm gonna go in like this because these guys are te- they look a little more nebbishy, a little more nerdy, you know, than I do. And they're very like these guys are very good at yeah. what they do. You know what I'm saying? They're in there for a reason. And I got too much weird self-esteem to where I, you know, I, you know, I, I can't be. If I could embrace the full fucking 
my awkward nerdiness when they say action all the time. This would not be Hollywood Anonymous. <laughs> this would be Hollywood. <laughs> hey, that guy's fucking known, you know. Um, and I, you know, I booked it, but like that's one of my favorite. Uh, that and like Criminal Minds, because literally, I was such like th- on that one. I was such not what they were necessarily looking for. So I had to outact all the. Or I had to outact the guys, and in like Criminal Minds, there were there were women, there were uh, black, you know, people of color. It was basically there was non- no specific. Yes, they just wanted a guy to be, and I was like, once again, I made a fucking like good acting choice, and I was like, okay, I got this. So when you beat like a bunch of people, those are those little scraps of going, okay, okay, they say. I, I I can do this, you yeah. know. It's just, do I wait it out? Do I have the wherewithal to wait it out and do it? You know, blah blah blah. Play the numbers so, game. So let's take a step back. You, you, Eric, and I before we got here, John, we were listening to the pre the pre because it was two years ago. Yeah. Dude. So we were kind of skimming through the last. Oh yeah, I could. I was trying to do that on my phone podcast. last night. I couldn't. I couldn't find it on my phone. But the so. good thing about having Eric in the room while you're doing it is like it could be three words. It'd be like, oh yeah, what I was talking about there. Or like because I would have to listen to the whole thing. Oh yeah, dude, yeah. yeah. He knows right away. I'm talking about this. I'm talking about this. And. And where we finished up, I think, in your in your life was you had just done Bilko. Sergeant Bilko, yeah. and you were kind of talking about Steve that. Martin, you had that is that stuff. the movie you were talking about with Dan Aykroyd? With Dan Aykroyd, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, look, it's it's interesting because that. Uh, well, first of all, uh, this is what's hard about doing a podcast with you guys. It's like we stand on. Well, there is no point to this, there right? Is no point. Thank God, good because we. Yeah. It's way more interesting than we're just. Inf- dude, infinitely more interesting. I got to say something. Nothing. Our, uh, comics are cool. You know what I'm saying? Like hanging around. That's that's the that's the that's the hardest thing about me doing stand up right now. Because as you know, like when you when your kids were young, they're getting up at fucking five, you know, yeah. six a.m. And there's nothing. And your wife's yeah. attorney, you can't right? take yes. the day okay. off. So they're getting up no matter fucking what. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And like I did a gig. Uh, I, I, I shot a, a a top secret film on Monday. NDAs, um, baby. And, and yeah, and also it's, yeah, it's really it's a really cool. It was a really awesome experience. And uh, then I decided to do stand up last night at this place, and I, you know it's the, the what happens after. It's not doing your set; it's what happens after you're done. <laughs> yeah. And then like I'm, you know, one, and I literally forced myself to go home. And you know, when I I got home, it took me about a forty five minutes to get to sleep. And then right in the middle of my sleep, I wake up and I start thinking of tags. For what I was doing, I'm like going, ah, oh, motherfucker. That's the problem with the stand-up. It's not so, you know. And I was lucky; it took me only like 45 minutes from when I got on stage to get home. Normally, if it's a good set, I might not get home for two, three hours because I'm so wired. Yep, that's and hanging out with, and I'm yeah. not, and I don't drink or do anything like that. But like, just you're I, amped. If you do, oh. re- if I do really well on stage, I'm amped. And then oh. if I do really bad on stage, I cannot stop. Thinking about oh, it, so and it's just like, obsessed, like so. You're just like either way, going to sleep is a little bit hard. That's why you know I I, I like wine. See, I <laughs> I can't because I I'm so out of drinking shape. Yeah. I get like a headache and then I'm fucking shit drinking the next shape. day. You know, and uh, you know, so so uh, well, where do you want to pick up from? I'm sorry, oh, well, I was, no, I was no, 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 it's it's fine. We we're just so. My point being is that we were talk, we were trying, we were laughing about. Oh, but yes. we were trying to figure out. Where we were at in 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 discussing things within your life, and one of the things you had brought up was that you're like, oh, I'm almost for sure I talked about uh, the comedy store and Andrew Dice Clay, and the reason why that came up is because that's we never, I don't think we even got into how you and I even know each other, which yeah, is stand up. Yes, and it's it's not even like tr- the and traditional bad stand up, but what? fun stand up. Bad, what I call bad, oh, but no, the best fun. times it's, it's of the your real, life because yes, it's yes. 
it's it's the it's it's those those gritty open mics in clubs that probably don't even exist anymore. Yes. Where 40 people are showing up and 20 of them become people that you never forget. You know, oh, for your own yeah, entire, dude. Like, well, like that part of your stand-up career is I I still look it's funny. I was texting John a bunch of stuff yesterday cuz I was cleaning out my garage. Mm-hmm. And oh I still God. have Some of those. a lot of my old sign-up sheets from when I used to run open mics. And seeing all the names on there, up and to like 44, 45 names on us in you know, three minutes. Yeah, deciding uh, Brian, who... Brian, is it um, Br- Br- um, Eskridge? Etheridge is on there. Aaron Cater. Cater. Uh, uh, Laura Silverman used to do it quite yeah, a Laura bit Laura Silverman then. did a lot of them. I was going to say... Uh, Aaron Cater, but also uh, Brian Keith Etheridge. Brian Keith Etheridge. I took over Aaron Cater and Brian Keith Etheridge's room at uh, Bar Azor. Yes. Is it Bar Azor? Yeah, Bar Azor. Bar in Culver City. Yes, yes, yes. And I got to tell you something. To this day, he is one of the coolest guys I ever met. Brian Keith. I mean, that was one of my favorite kind of comeback experiences because I know I just. Uh, that's when I started hanging with with uh, with uh, with uh, Lachlan Patterson a lot. Oh, mm-hmm. Lachlan is the best. And and Matt Fulcheron. Mm-hmm. Oh, two Fulcherons. Okay. Matt was a regular there. Craig Coleman was a regular Craig there. Coleman. Lachlan Craig was Coleman. a regular Coleman's there. Also that awesome. was back when Coleman used to wear the leather jacket and always bring his briefcase because he was he, his whole shtick was he was he came here to do some business. Yeah. And he, he had his prop work. <laughs> he had his prop work. Oh, dude. <laughs> Did anything ever come that? out of the briefcase? Yeah, I may have had something in there, but it was really about just the, the <laughs> way he. Had Charged on stage and like wanted to let everybody know he, he I'm was here he was for business. business. Yeah. Dude, one of my uh, he, that he is a he is a crusher too. Yeah, Brian. I mean, I'm sorry, Craig Coleman. He fucking crushes. One of my favorite stand up experiences is I did a show at um um I, well the place is irrelevant. It's in in the Culver City area, and it was Craig Coleman, me, Dat Fan, uh, this guy Rob Tui. And we were all, and maybe one other guy, and we were all doing like half hours. Wow. Okay, I mean, it was a long fucking show, but we were all doing a long time. And I fucking hung with, I mean, like, I had to follow Craig Coleman, and he is fucking, he's a, He's a crusher. Well, he comes from a punk rock background. Yeah. Meaning, like, he Me was though. in a band yeah. where it was all about the energy and being punk rock. So oh. his transition to comedy, it's like Kinnison being, going from being a preacher to being a stand-up yes. screen. It's like... Yeah, that tra- that's a that's a that's a skip over the fence for that. You know? He had a unique skill, and I used to joke to him about this: was that he would crush at bars. I mean, crush oh, to where yeah. people wanted to carry him out of the yeah. room. Right. He would joke about that. Um, with that, with like there was there was this weird vibe that when he did bars, people were, like would lose their shit. And it's not that he was any less funny at other places. No, but that's what but he's whatever that for whatever reason comfort. Him, and that environment, Ugh. like he became a rock star. Going back to what we were talking about, it's very interesting. Yeah, because when he came up in punk bands, I mean, he's from Alaska, Alaska. for the love of God. Like, yes. So they're doing punk. Like all they're doing is playing bars, yes. and those bars are probably like you got to work to oh. get the attention and the love from the crowd or whoever's there. And so it's mostly dudes too. Well, he yeah. was also Alaska. Yeah. He was also opening up, I think, for the guys in corn at some point. Like he was yeah. doing yes, but that was some of the hardest gigs ever. Right. And when you're an opening band, I don't give a shit. Oh. Like I no, watched no, I'm the talking cult. about doing stand up in front of oh. Oh, oh, so he was doing stand up in front yes. of musicians is horrible. Oh, dude, it's the worst. My my uh, no my, band audience wants to see that shit. Oh, you got to be you got to be a star to even hang with. Like I remember my uh, I had a. A friend of mine, when I was in college, 
uh, he was he had one of the hottest college band uh, bands in Arizona, in Tucson, Arizona. They were like, yo, really, they would sell at every bar they, they were play in. They played the Furnace Room. Uh, the, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, they, you know, they knew I did stand up. So he said, hey, why don't you open for like? So the first gig went great. There's always one that gets second you. one, not so good. By the third gig, because basically ba- they go, people go to see this band yeah, over yeah. and over again. They're barely paying attention to opening acts. Oh, like dude, it, it just started. They go, hey, I think we're not gonna have. That. <laughs> I was like, yeah, no problem. I was gonna yeah, actually, yeah. I'm, I'm like, good. I, was like, I totally get you. it. Yeah, That's good. thank you. Yeah. You're okay. saving us all a lot as of. You're agony. limping away because your leg is bleeding oh, from dude, having it, shit thrown at you. You're like, I think I'm, I think I understand where you guys yeah, are coming from. Yeah, and dude, here. And nothing's worse than bombing in front of a big house, and they want you just. I got want to go home. And the thing is, is you know, and these are the things that you learn. It has nothing to do with you. Zero. It's the environment that you're in, and they're just not interested. They're not going to give it to you because they didn't come here to give it to you, and that's they're just not interested. Or the worst is when someone goes, I got this idea. Can you go up between bands? I'll go, no, motherfucker. No, unless you're worse. paying me, unless uh, unless I'm purely the MC. Yeah. On and off, and you're paying me, but absolutely not. Oh, come on, there's a big, big crowd there. Yeah, but they're setting up behind me. Yeah. Comedy needs fucking focus, motherfucker. Yeah. They need to hear what I yeah. have to say. I, uh, and unless, I go, unless you just want me to go out there and go, are you guys ready for the next guy, the next yeah, band? Yes. Like, that. that's but otherwise it's why. It's just, I don't need the, I, I, one, uh, it's just unproductive. It's just it you it just it's definitely not going to grow as a comedian. <laughs> oh God, I would hate when people and they try to blame you. Richard Pryor could do it. No, he couldn't. Yeah, well, I guarantee well, yeah, you. It's he always could. nice to have a myth to back up your uh, your oh. reasons why. So let me ask you a question because I always wondered about this stuff. Mm-hmm. So when I was running bars, or I was pretty, I was pretty new. Actually, it was the yeah. first place I ever did stand up in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and I almost didn't get out of the car the night. Oh, wow. Because I had moved all the way out here to do stand-up uh, in Wisconsin. There. Uh-huh. And I'll never forget sitting in my car and kind of froze. Because mm-hmm. I didn't know anybody. I knew no one. And oh. it's a, it, and I was just like, what am I what am, what am I, what am I, is this, did I make a big, like, you know what I mean? Like, did I, what did I just do? Like, what on earth did I, did I just literally leave my whole entire life behind and I'm sitting out in this because you know the area that that bar was at. It was in the middle of fucking nowhere. There oh, was like it's a shitty. There was like it's a, a strip mall. A strip mall with like a car repair shop on one side of the bar, and the other side was like a shitty tchotchke store. Like and it was oh, just yeah, like, dude, it's and it wasn't heavily frequented, so it was it was a, it was a dead zone of Culver City. And I'm just sitting there going. What am I doing? And I'm looking over there, and you can see the open micers that have already gotten to know each other, sitting outside smoking cigarettes. They're laughing, all like, having yeah. a good time. We're and pals. I'm like, how am Who's I gonna the get, new old guy? How am I going to get into this? And just just sitting there. And then finally, I was like, it's kind of that thing. You just kind of go, well, it's too late. I'm fucking here. Here, yep. And I remember just going in, and uh, Etheridge and Aaron Cater were sitting there, and there was a list, and everybody fucking stares at you when you come in. And yeah, dude, mic, who's the new guy? Who the fuck is this guy yeah, taking yeah. up the real more spaces? More real estate is about uh, to be and taken. And he's also, look, he's also over six foot, and he's <laughs> yeah. a little handsome. What the fuck are you doing telling yeah. jokes, motherfucker? He may have exercised. <laughs> and so he may have done a push-up. <laughs> he may have exercised in fake tan before he came to California because he thinks that everyone does. So anyway, <laughs> so I walk in. And Cater's just sitting there, and I'm like, hey, can I sign up for the thing? And he's like, absolutely, yeah. Like, he was so, like, immediately was disarming yeah, and made me feel welcome. I still didn't talk to anybody because, you know, in in this world, now everybody sits on their cell phones. What you have to do is quickly grab your notebook and and go sit in a corner and pretend like you're fucking going over shit because there's really... 
like I'm not a belly up at the bar guy. Hey, yeah, bartender, yeah. get me a beer. I'm not. I'm not. I don't have that kind of wild west mentality of coming into a place. And and I. But it was that it was that moment I think that saved me. The way Aaron Cater went absolutely. Go ahead and sign your name. I think I was like forty third, so it didn't matter. Like <laughs> yeah. it was like weird. But to me, I was like, but I'm on the list. Yeah. That's all that matters. matters yeah. Is that now I, I was on the list. He didn't say no. Forward. Like that's the fear is he was gonna say no. We're too full tonight. Come, you know what I mean? Like any, it could have gone like eight different ways, right? But he, it just that was that moment. So for me, it was like I was new, I was fresh, I was I had barely been doing stand up. Mm-hmm. What I started realizing about that place, because it was Cater and because Etheridge, they were also helping out. I didn't realize this at the Belly Room on Sunday nights yes, with Adam yeah. Barnhart. So they had a tie-in to guys that didn't need to do open mics, but. Eric, you were one of the guys that would come in. Pardo would come in from time to time. Uh, a couple other guys would come in from time to time, Stanhope. And I didn't understand why you guys were coming and doing open mics because my attitude was like, we have to do this. Why are these guys coming back? So I was always curious uh, uh, let me start. why somebody like you had already ha- who already had has a career, your picture is already on the wall at the mm-hmm. comedy store, why are you coming to Bar Azor? Because With a bunch of us monkeys. Because I fucking well, one, I uh, you gotta you gotta go for shitty places to get to do material. Like I hated bomb. Like once I kind of got out of the rotation of the comedy store, I and had you been at that point. You yeah, were out. Okay. I because what I you know I did the movie. I lost. The, you know what I'm saying like it was. I just yeah. That's got, right. At this point, you had so just to be clear. At this point, you had lost lost two hundred some pounds. Okay, right. And I kind of since Sergeant Bilko was that yeah, the, yeah, was, was that the Sergeant last movie Bilko, you did that was. No, then t- I did some other stuff like along the way, you know. But like uh, then um, Blade, you know, Blade was a movie where I w- was really cutting weight because uh, basically it was a glorified voiceover job because I was in so much, you know, the guy up, playing yeah. my right arm, guy playing my left arm. So basically, that's kind of how we they end up getting me for. I got a lot of money for the movie, but how they got me a lot lower than what we were asking because they it kind of dawned on them like week like nine of negotiation because they really wanted me. Finally, the finally the studio went. Wait a second. There's a guy playing his right arm. A guy playing his left arm. We don't need him to be fat, you know. So then they're like, right. so, you know, so can I ask you a question about that? And we'll get back to the yeah. stand in a second. That's an interesting. So then, why would they cast you? You're talking about like so did they cast you for your voice and the way you were do- yeah. the character basically because yeah. you're you're basically saying I'm non-existent for mo- like really yeah, no no it's Eric is not there is yeah. what you're saying right it, they had a concept because they originally wanted like a sumo wrestler to do it so I and mean, what is the character just so it's, for those uh, that are it, not it's basically I'm a 900 pound and dro- uh, albino Asian vampire okay. who runs the uh, the the um, uh, the archives you're, are you a bad guy good guy we're not. We don't know. We don't know. Okay. You know, like you know. I've never I seen Blade, so I'm, forgive I'm, me. I'm a vampire, okay. and basically, and at one point they had like they wanted to have like a uh, emaciated naked boy. Like I'd stuck. I mean, like literally, I'm not necessarily oh, the world's greatest guys. I definitely nonstop eat people. You okay. know, okay. Suck blood out of people. So, um, vampire with an appetite. Man, <laughs> yes, I had. A, I was a little thirsty. We don't need him to be fat. He doesn't have to actually eat the people. It's I, uh, well, it's movie magic because they had this concept in their mind. And then they had forgotten that all the say, that costuming that all was all the costuming that it didn't matter. You know, it was going to be a basically a voiceover job, so they didn't necessarily need a fat guy to do it. You know what I'm saying? Because I remember right before then, I had auditioned for. I went down to the wire on Spawn, and when I went to like the final callback for that, that when they were kind of like you know, it, it was all the producers stuff. It was me, John Leguizamo, Billy Barney. 
Wow. And Ron Perlman. Ooh. And we're all reading for Clown. Uh, yeah, I think it's part of Clown. And we're all like this. And then we oh, that's right. It's mostly a prosthetic gig. You know what I'm saying? It's a puppet gig, basically. Yeah, yeah. When I saw Ron, I'm like, and Billy, it was kind of cool to see Billy Barnes. Well, yes, yeah, I was going to say. I was like, dude. Wait a minute, you were in the room with all these guys. Oh, yeah, That's dude. That's hilarious. Dude, that is, it was the best. What a, it was the what fucking a, best. What a, I was like, what, a, the, what a lineup. Like, if you guys, I, I picture like oh, looking through a police, a one-way window, you guys all lined up. Like, <laughs> it like what's Ron Barnes doing? The circus is in town. Oh, me do Billy Barty, too, and God rest because I think he's passed away now. He has so. passed yeah. away, yeah. But I was like, Billy Barty is one of my, was like, he was a fucking. Do you talk to people in there, or do you leave? People alone, like that's weird, right? Because part of you is like, "Oh, cool," it's hey. and you're like, "Well, but competition." Also may... Well, here's what it is: is sometimes when I'm in the zone, I can do it, but when I'm not, I feel like Chris Farley from the Chris Farley Show. Yeah, you right, know what I'm right, saying? Right. Like, I'm hey, remember like, you're in Beauty <laughs> and the Beast, Ron Perlman? That was yeah. awesome. Yeah, it was. Well, here's uh, my first one. My first where I really realized I had that propensity of being that idiotic and tongue-tied. Uh, on Young Writers, uh, Fisher Stevens did a cameo, or no, did a guest star. Nice. Uh, and at the time, he was dating 1990 Michelle Pfeiffer. And 1990 they go- Michelle. Yes, I mean she's still pretty hot, but this is 1990. Ten years okay. after Scarface. Yes, yes. So she had is, a, like a human amount of weight on her body. Oh, she was. But but check this out. Uh, they go, hey, we, we, one of the actors wants to know if you could do a personal favor for him. I'm like, motherfucker. Uh, you're all give, mad. Give Michelle Pfeiffer a ride to the airport. Uh, can I borrow your car? Yes, you can. So, because I had a shitty give, car. Do what? Give her a ride to the airport. Give her, give her a ride to the airport. Because he was on the set working and she had to catch a flight. You know, Pre-Uber. and so I show up, you knock on the door, and there's the messed up bed, you know, where I go, oh, oh, uh, uh, he, uh, Fisher just had had, se- had sex with her. <laughs> a character actor had sex with Lola. And I go, hey, so how'd you guys meet? Well, we were doing a play. And I was like, oh, I am definitely doing becoming plays, an yeah. actor. <laughs> I am definitely. And I was such an idiot. I mean, she, I mean, to this day, I have never seen, and I say thing, I mean, human, landscape, sunset, sunrises that had been that perfect looking in my entire fucking life was seeing Michelle Pfeiffer wow. 199. I mean, it's crazy how, and I go, and to this day, I still have a weird feeling in my stomach about how much of an idiot I was that I will, I mean, like, I literally feel so uncomfortable going, oh my God, she must think I'm a total asshole. Well, I mean, she's probably not sitting around doing podcasts I wonder about what, I wonder what that. I wonder what that young man who gave me a ride yeah, to the airport. Yeah, so then I needed a <laughs> that, ride to the airport obese, in 1990. That, that overweight young man in 1990 who gave me the ride to the airport in <laughs> Tucson, Arizona. <laughs> what became right now. of his career? You know, uh, so, uh, so that, that was. Uh, uh, oh, so we're, anyway, so. Okay. Why did I do it? <laughs> okay, when I first came out to LA, like you, I, you know, I all I had was, you know, the SAG card, didn't know anybody, but basically I knew no one out here. I had a buddy of mine that worked at Orion or CA, had just got fired from the CAA uh, agent training program, so I knew no one in this business. Um, I t- get the uh, LA, is it LA Weekly? Yeah, yeah, LA Weekly. I go to the back, the calendar section, <laughs> I find open mics. I go to Damiano's Pizza. Damiano's. On Robertson. Not the one oh, not on the one Fairfax. On Fairfax. But the, they used to have one on Robertson. This guy, Melrose Larry Green, but now he's, back then he was known as Larry Greenblatt, had an open mic. I'm waiting to go on. I get there, you know, of course, early sign the list. Waiting to go on. Billy Reback, who just on the, t- you know, uh, Dana Gould. All these fucking 
guys I'd seen on the fucking Tonight Show or on Letterman were doing this fucking open mic. And I was like, oh, that's right. This is L.A. They're fucking, they just want fucking stage time. To you know? work out their bits. Yeah. Work out bits. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes if there's a, like, and I also know something, if there was like a real, like a semblance of an audience, they'd be doing A material. Boom, boom, boom. But if there wasn't, or they do shit sandwiches, you know, they would yeah, definitely right, do it, yeah. you know. Uh, but I was like, oh, so this never ends. And then like Jackie Mason came, showed up and did like Jesus. 45 minutes at the end. Okay. So I was like, wow. This is really fucking rough. <laughs> so you, so your point of view always was like, so like you said, this never ends. So this is always an option. Yeah, always. It's never, an option. it's never something you you cut off at any point. Yeah, exactly. Like even like, like um, Steve, you know Steve Benequist, right? Yeah, but you know he's you know he's got a he's got a, a a room in Pasadena. It's actually you know if there's people there like any other room, it's a great room. And, but but it's actually at least designed. It'd be like this room if there was people well, yeah, here no, right you, now. It's funny because some people that actually do. do you know, then now the big thing is do the houses. Do yeah. the houses and stuff, but um, but it's at least it's set up for comedy. Yeah, it's got you could close it off from the 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 rest of the the uh, restaurant. It could be everyone could be focused. So he runs it on I think on Wednesday. Uh, Zach, I think Zach Galifianakis is going to show up yeah. and do it. You know what I'm saying? And you know, so it's like yeah, but stage but time it, is stage time. Stage yeah. time is stage time. And when you need to work stuff out, it it's like you just one. Sometimes you just need to hear it through a microphone. Bingo. So if even if that's at an open mic or if that's at at a weird, you know, uh, what is that? It's oh, is that just them? It's oh man, it sounded like a bell ring. Um, but for like, those who have no idea what John is talking about, there's construction somewhere nearby. Yeah, it's just loud. But okay. um, but yeah, that that the process never ends. I mean, if you don't, if you're not getting, uh, you know, three spots at the comedy store per week to work yeah. out 15 minute chunks at a time, yeah. then you need to figure out where else you can go up in town because you don't want to have to go out on the. It's okay to throw in new stuff on the road, yeah. but you'd rather have it be a little bit kind of formed well yeah you want it to be you want it to well, also you just want to you want to kill i mean everyone likes to yes kill. you want to well, be uh, you, you want to be top of your game but here was my perspective of uh, bars or though and open mics in general they're tough to, to get a good read on whether or not your something working works or not because yeah. sometimes the, the competitive nature of many comedians is to not give too much or they categorize it like oh this guy's doing some road stuff like he's not being gritty enough he's not being open yeah, mic no, no, enough yeah. In the way he's talking to us, and so I often wondered for someone that's already been there and then goes to there, what what do you what do you actually get out of it, or is it literally just the stage time, and that's it? That's the here's the thing is, and this is I can only speak for myself, yeah, because I know uh, one of the best compliments I ever got. Um, his name slips my mind. That's all right. Really nice dude. We're old uh, enough. Um, he knew me from the L.A. scene. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And in L.A., you could be a little edgy. You know, I, you know, he. And there's there was this one time there was this uh, uh, Stu, Stu um, uh, God, the Canadian Stu Goffin. Bingo. He used to book a room in uh, Maria, uh, Pla not Playa del Rey, but uh, the Blue Plate or whatever. Wh Lula's way up Blue in the, by uh, like oh yeah 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 uh, yes uh, Marina it, no not Marina del Rey. I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah yeah, it's yes, a yeah, really yeah, nice yeah. place, but it's a shitty room. 
Yeah. I mean, it's a road. It's it is it is a road bar room. That's well. That's the one. If I'm not, I've done that one. That's the one where it's it's they're they're, lit- they're literally waiting to turn into a dance club Bingo. ten that's seconds ex- after you say your last that's dude. Exactly. And people it. are basically like, you're still walking out, and they're like, get the tables and get the tables and get yeah. the, exactly get the dance floor and get the dance floor. And yeah. And I went up there with a guy who the Bay, whatever the Bay area yeah, yeah. up there, that little um, Bay up there. By, and uh, Car- uh, Carmel. It's yeah, by Carmel. So, by Carmel. so I went up there with this dude who uh, <laughs> he's a really funny guy, but he had done the he had done that room like several times. He's seen guys that he'd seen in L.A. be very artistic and then go up to this place and be like, yo, road hack. And he gave me the best compliment because basically other than adding a fuck or two here and there in the set and be a little more high energy, he goes, you do exactly the same act you do in L.A. I go, yeah, that's all I've ever done. That's all I do, yeah. That's uh, all I do because that's all... That's all... I was kind of taught... My my buddy Bill Torres, the guy that kind of mentored me, kind of... So yeah, you can have some road jokes, but come on, what do you want to be? Do you want to be a hack, or do you want to be you? Well, it's not even that. I think it's it's he's he hit the nail on the head by saying, "What do you want to be?" Yeah, and and, that, and ultimately, at the end of the day, if you believe that the best way to get what you want is to be true to yourself, I yes. mean, you can. We all know how to write a joke. Oh fuck yeah, dude! I can write hack jokes for anybody. I mean, I can I can go the path most traveled for anybody. And you know what? There there is a market for that stuff. Oh totally. And if that's what you want to do. Good for you. <coughs> That's the road you uh, path. But some people would rather be a little bit more personal or whatever, whatever it is. The point is, there's room for all of it. You have to determine what you want. Out and, of it. And, and and be quite honest, I always did stand up, never for the money. I <laughs> well, always did it. Good for, call. I, I did acting. Yeah, I know. Good. Uh, I lucked out on that one. Yeah. And I did acting. <laughs> a- acting finances my art. You know what I'm saying? Like the commercials and all that bullshit. Yep. Finances my plays or movies that, like the movie I did on Monday. We we didn't get paid, but it was a really cool little script. Great, you know, a phenomenal, cool cast. First, this first time director, but she's she's been nominated for an Oscar. I mean, it was like a really. I was like, this is this is why. I wish I got paid more. Not that, but like other things to to not worry sure. about that. But like that's why I do. I want to do commercials and shitty, all that stuff. And so, so that you can take a time to do, do that, a project that you and, actually love. And when love. I do stand-up, I can do stand-up on my own terms. Yeah, not feel like you have to fit in somewhere or exactly. make the most amount of money and to also, live. And also, and it's crazy because nothing is more exciting than to see an L.A. comic somewhere on the road doing their L.A. fucking act, and it fucking kills. As opposed to going, oh, and I'm, I'm not going to say who the guy's name was, but I, I did a gig, and uh, Craig Robinson was headlining. You know, Craig love does Craig his, Robinson. and I love Craig. One of the nicest human being in the world. So nice. Love his musical. I mean, that dude is a fucking cool. I mean, I love watching what he does. Uh, the room, the average age of the audience, including the comics in there, was sixty-five. Oofda. Yeah, it's. Let's be quite. Were they were they white? white? I was yes. going to say, if they were a white sixty-five, yes. and there were white sixty-five. That's the average age. You understand? That's the Oof. and it was a full house. So I went up, I did my thing, and it was fun. Thank God I was kind of like, I was, I, was, uh, I was doing like 20 up top, and then, but the middle, uh, let's just say, never took a, you, if he was going to go right, he was going to go right. Like, there was no, it was the fucking hackiest road act I'd ever fucking seen. Did the, did the crowd like it? Oh, they loved him. Well, they ate it up. They loved him. There you go. They wanted him to stay longer and get, as a matter of fact, they, he, Craig let him do longer because, like, these guys don't like what I'm doing because, yeah. you know, they're 65 and white. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, he's making getting, music and singing and, and, jazz. like, and then as talking a about treat, eating as butts and, like. Yes, yes. And, 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 dude, and as a treat, he brings up his jazz band on the last show. Dude. I don't know if you've ever heard his jazz band. No, but I'm sure oh, they're awesome. They're fucking amazing. Yeah. 
and it, I'm sitting there, and the guy's a little pissed off because he's like, you know, he's 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 out doing the headliner, you know, he's drinking, and why shouldn't I be the headliner getting paid? And on this weekend, uh, Craig was in. I, I think he had a movie. Yeah. The box office. He was on the office. Yeah. And the guy had like seven. He was like Kevin Hart before Kevin Hart bingo, for a little bingo. bit. And he's up there and he lets his drummer, who's a fucking amazing drummer, do like a five minute fucking amazing jazz drum solo. I mean, it's like if you appreciate music, you're like, holy God, this is a great band. And he's like, why would you let your drummer outshine you? I'm like, dude, he was. He's on a hit TV show. Well, yeah, that's he's also... A, there's no way that that drummer isn't outshining him, <laughs> okay? <laughs> you know? And also, he's enjoying himself. He, dude, uh, he, he was... He's doing what he wants. Bingo! And yeah. I was like, that's what that's yeah. why I do comedy. I want to do my shit. Th- that's, and that's that's a winning... Like, Craig Robertson's career is a winning career, a in winning, my opinion. You know, it's like... It's career. a guy who has combined his love of music, music? and comedy into a show that... I'm sure even if those 65-year-old uh, white people weren't like, this isn't my favorite thing, it wasn't the worst thing they ever no, saw. No, and you, here's <clears> what <throat> sucks is that the, the, uh, the guys that ran the club, that own the club, the guys, guys that own the club, you know, d- they didn't dig him. Uh, Whatever. Well, that's you know, their but problem. which is fine. Which it was their problem. I, I'm sure I, they I, made their money, and uh, oh, I'm yeah. sure they dug that. It, but but it just kind of cracks me up, is because I'm going. That's why my buddy Bill said, "You do, be careful when you go on the road, because you don't want to become basically that guy." You know, you well, want to become the bitterness. That's it. That the bitterness right there is what I mean. That guy, he had a great set. Even oh, if you didn't crush. care about the material, maybe well, Craig didn't like the material. Who knows? But like the audience loved it. He should be happy with what he did. If Bingo. he's not happy with what he did, he needs to change what he's doing on stage. Bingo. Because Bingo. I mean, that's that's how you grow. That's all of us have gone through that. Like the f- jokes that I wrote the first ten years of my standup, <laughs> like I fucking pummeled those things to death, and then by the end of them, I was like, I hate these jokes. Mm-hmm. I don't. But I know people who've kept the same hour for decades. Oh yeah, decades. Oh yeah. Well, you know, and I, and I say this: there's only one exception to that rule, Barry Sobel. Barry Sobel. He's the only. He's the only exception. <laughs> Still doing that Beastie Boys thing, but there's right a, at the there, beginning. There, but there's a, there's a, there's a there's a wink in his eye. Yeah. That, in matter of fact, if you ever saw, there was a show on uh, in the early '90s called The A List. Yeah. Oh yeah. And his is his is amazing because when he would go up, they would go first done on the t- like he he purposely said, "I want you to I want you to put um uh what's called the the transcript you know underneath going yeah. first done tonight show first <laughs> like he basically he he is so in on what he does and he's also a creative like I I kind of uh, I know Barry I, a little more than I love uh, Barry Craig, I love him and I actually just saw him in Venice like probably like two or three months ago mm-hmm. I did the townhouse out there and he was like he calls me Hux my last name is just Huck but he's always like Hux how you doing and, and he's always like He's got his hands in here and yes, there. He's yes, always yes. and he's always every time he can, he involves me in what he's doing. It's like he's a Dude, really genuine guy. He's a totally he yeah. came he call, he came and saw my uh calorically challenged. Nice. He came and saw the weight is over. I guarantee if I would have ran into him, uh he did a he did a day on my film. You know what I'm saying? He is a, I I have nothing and also that he inspired me when I was first Living in Tucson, Arizona, watching, you know, seeing him crush the fucking Apollo. Ah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, and then also, he's a good actor, too. When he, it's funny, he told this story that he, uh, he had done uh, Doc Hollywood, and then he gets a random call from Tom Hanks and goes, you know, when you really want to do this, you're actually a good actor. 
<laughs> he goes, yeah, I know what I want. And I, he, I just really, he's one of those guys that I, I wish he's doing fine. I mean, he opened, yeah. like he opens. But up you're always. What, yeah. Why isn't this? Why isn't he more famous? Why don't? Why, why isn't he a household fuck is name? You say that about so many people. So many yeah. people. Yeah. So many. He, but he is some guy that I would purposely come in off the street at the comedy store to and watch. just see. I know he's what he was going to do. Same just thing. how he was going to do it slightly different, make it fresh for him, and he still would crush and had a blast up there. Yeah. So oh. I know. I, I know we're we're. Uh, um. I'm. Gonna, I want to jump around because I know both of you guys are. We're limited on time today. So I I'm got forty five. I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask questions. Okay. All please over the place, do. Yeah. I'm know. sorry about that. No. 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 I, I just. I just want to make sure. I just want to make riff. I just want to make sure that we're covering <laughs> the stuff that we we I promise. But one of the questions I do have with for you is. You were talking about, I was listening to you talk about, you know, going to get Michelle Pfeiffer and the whole, like, Fisher-Stevens, Michelle Pfeiffer thing. I'm always curious because, obviously, you know, you, you talk about um, romanticizing and sometimes even to the point of, of joking about, like, you know, when your career was peaking. Do you ever, did you, did you think in these great moments when you're working with all these people, is part of it like, well, of course I'm going to be, I'm going to have these great relationships with all these famous people, mm-hmm. and then we're going to be best friends and buddies forever, I mean, does that is that part of when you start rising and you start getting involved in these projects? Is that something that goes through your mind, or is that just something that people who don't have those types of relationships? Because you see it happen a lot, right? Oh yeah, I'm mean, talking like, about Barry Sobel getting phone calls from Tom Hanks, one of the most famous actors mm-hmm. in the world. I mean, is that that kind of stuff? And then when it doesn't happen, does that also have an effect? Where like, because there's a there is a fraternity, a sorority, if you will, when making films, and you kind of feel like we're friends forever, and then some, lot, most times... It is what it is. When it's over... It's over. It's over, and no one ever shares phone numbers, and no one ever talks again. I'm just curious where your head was at, because you, you've obviously seen a lot. Okay, well, check this out. Uh, and I, I and look, and I don't have... It, look, no one owes me... No one owes me anything. Yeah, no, that's not, yeah. that's where I'm not coming from in that but, question, but, 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 like, but there are some, ex- some really, like, Guys that turned out to be the way, like, turned out to be really, like, pretty fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Like, even, um, there's this, like, uh, Pamela Siegel, Pamela Adlon, okay? Uh, we were real, you know, like, we were, uh, when we were shooting Bilko, me, her, John Ortiz, there's a core group of, uh, we, the platoon, we were really close. And I'd been thinking about, like, I'd ran, I've ran in, since that film, and since I'd lost weight, I'd ran into Pamela like once, like at the, at the shopping center, and she, of course, she didn't recognize me because I don't look. This, you know, she basically saw me for seven weeks. It's a different way. I mean, yeah. You know, so it takes her just a beat. And normally, when I say my name, she's like, "Oh my god." Then I'd been. I don't know if you ever watch her show, Better Better Things, or Better. I have not seen it. It's I'm familiar really, with can it. Can I tell you something? She's a fucking amazing director. Oh, oh, uh, but yeah. Better days. Better, uh, no, it's called Better Things. Better things. Better things. Dude, and it, it's definitely estrogen. It's definitely. You know what? Uh, I don't want to say it. It's definitely from a, fle- a, a woman's point of view. If, like really, in, a, in a, I say in the best way. I mean, it is. It's a woman's perspective, a single mother's perspective, and it's crazy good. I've been thinking about her lately. So I, there's this one casting office that I get called into uh, occasionally, and I I go in there, and I see Pamela walking down the stairs, and I go, uh, Pamela, and she. Stops and she's because she's very gracious. She's been in this business since Greece, too. You know, she grew up in this business. So, and she's like, and I go, Eric Edwards. Uh, and she just, you know, couldn't have been happier and like 
it was like we'd never, you know, and I didn't ask for her number, you know, because, uh, you know, that would be kind of, you know, I'd lost right, right, it. But, right. you know, yeah. but it was still good knowing that if I then in another situation, she's going to always treat me as Eric Edwards. Right. And she could have been happier. I mean, she almost was crying because I'd lost, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. that's to go through her mind. You know, and then I showed her a picture of my kid and everything, you know, and we talked about John Ortiz. And then, like, John Ortiz is another guy, if I know I was to run into him, we would probably, because we have so much shared past. Because after Belko, me and him hung, uh, hung out a lot for, like, a long period of time. Because when he would come in for pilot season, you know, we would always go to, you know, hang out. And we were, we were really good friends. And, you know, we have a good bond. But then you, you know, disappear and life changes. Yeah, yeah. Jeremy Renner, up until... um. Hurt Lock- he had just done Hurt Locker, and what it, what it would be with Jeremy is that uh, I had his number. We were real close after senior trip. We we hung out a lot. He came in, so I, I actually, the guy he cast as a father in a play he had written was someone I had recommended. We were, you know, we were really, really close. And then, you know, your lives separate and whatever. Sure. And I would call him every once in a while. And then the last time, and what it would do is normally it would be like two phone calls because he would be busy. And then he would like, oh, I got to get back, you know. And I remember the last phone call he he made to me. He goes, "Yeah, I was I, I, sorry. I've, I've been out of the country shooting a little movie, and it was Hurt Locker." And then that night, after I talked to my buddy Jeff uh, back in Kansas, my fucking phone dies. SIM card is damaged, so I lose his number. And I'm like, ah. Oh. And now that's years later. You know, oh yeah. But if you know, if I were into him and go, look, dude, I because I, like when you lose contact with someone, yeah. then they blow up. At least from my point of view, I want them to know. It wasn't that I dropped the ball. I literally lost your number. But I'm sure we would have a connection. And if we don't, we don't. But he seems like, from when, you know, last time I heard him interviewed, he seems like the same old yeah. Jeremy. <clears throat> like, the, I hearing him laugh. And also, me and him have such a past. Like, it, when we were, that was his first film. I was the, I was the uh, kind of the mentor from the kids. Like, I was the, the, the anchor they were glad they cast. Because everyone else was, like, really unknown. Right. When I did it. And I, I mean, we ha- like I still remember we have so many good like stories that we could tell that I know he would laugh because he's still that guy. Yeah. Now that all being said, there was this guy Cliff Ward. I don't know if you uh, know Cliff Collins. He is literally the Latino. Cliff and Collins Jr. Bingo. Yes. Oh, he is. He is the. He is the Kevin Bacon. You would, you would know who he is if you saw him. He okay. is the Kevin Bacon of Latinos. Great actor. Ah. He literally six degrees to this guy. He he's is, in. He's in everything, and he's a great actor. Phenomenal actor. Knows fucking everybody. We used to, uh, he used to have this cool house in Burbank uh, in the hills where, you know, I took him, you know, he invited me to a party and there's like, uh, Eastside Morales is is grilling. Dude, I love that guy. Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy Smith is on crutches. Dude, Jimmy Smith <laughs> you know is the saying? best. It's like, you know, and, and uh, I mean, we go back so far that I remember back in the day before marijuana was legal. I used to get weed from the people that when Blind Melon would come to town and didn't <laughs> want to get busted. It, like I mean, I got really good weed. And so did he, of course. But I remember I once, <laughs> I'm in my apartment with uh, my buddy Jeff T. where it's it's 2 o'clock in the morning. I get a call from Cliff. goes, hey, man, uh, you got any weed? <laughs> so, you know, I, I just say, hey, dude, I'll just buzz you in and it'll be underneath the... The, the carpet. Yeah, now so it's like no one has to make that call anymore. Ever, like, ever. like 50,000 weed shops in Los Angeles now. But cut to, I have not talked to him in like, well, pretty much since around that time. So mm-hmm. that was like 10, 10, 15 years. Wow. Um, an ex-girlfriend of his or a girl that he's still kind of close with happens to be one of my acting students. And um, I mean, this and this dude, I mean, Cliff is really cool. He's a really cool dude. 
Um, and then we find. I go, why do you look familiar? And then we find. And she goes, do you know Cliff? And I go, you know. So we make that. Well, long story short, is she one day she shows up to class and goes, here, Cliff, get one me to have your number. It wanted me to give you his number, and you know, so you know, we hooked up and hung out with each other one day, and then you know, but like I, I text him every once in a while, and he, you know, it's just like he is a, he remembers me from Happy Hill, you know, what I'm saying yeah. like we have this bond, and one of my biggest regrets, one of my biggest regrets, because he's nothing but a genuine dude. Um, I remember I was, this is when I was like losing the weight. I ran into him at. Uh, 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 Slater, the ca- uh, Christian Slater's mom, when she, you know, she's casting director. I ran at, at his office. We both were auditioning for something. We're in parking lot. And he goes, "Hey, do you want to come to my grandmother's and and have uh, um, tamales or something like that?" You know, she was making tamales or something. And because I was like trying to, lose, you know, I was so, I was like, no. It's one of my biggest regrets. I should have said, "Fuck yeah!" I should have. Yeah, that was one of those days I could have like not. Yeah, I'm it's like, one of those things. Like if someone's like, "Hey, Francis Ford Coppola wants to have chocolate cake with you," you're like, "Uh." Yeah, but you're still. I'm still so fucking tripping over it. But I'm like, that's one of my big. You know, and I was like, "Oh man, that would have been a really cool thing to have met his grandma." Yeah. You know, just another because he is one of the good guys. Yeah. Like truly, and now I know why he works so fucking much. Because he's one of the good fucking guys, and he always hits his mark. He knows oh, his lines. Oh, dude, he's, he's a pro, really good like, too. Yeah. That's not the coolest. Nothing's cooler than seeing one of your friends fucking knock it out of the goddamn park. Yeah, it is. Re- or like I, I was never. It's funny, and this is one of the things uh, Jay Leno said on Mark Maron's podcast. I don't know if you've listened to Jay do Mark Maron's podcast. Mm, I know. And it's kind of weird because it was actually kind of cool because it showed a side that, you know, like I had certain perceptions. Because I was, a, I'm a Letterman dude. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was a Letterman guy, and you know that that's you know I was a Conan dude. You are definitely from a generation because I know exactly what you mean when you say that. Yeah, if you yeah. say that to most people now. I'd be like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking but about. Or if you say, I love Carson. They're like Carson Daly. Oh uh, uh, yeah. Well, no, but there was no. It's not that. It's yeah, just no. that there was such that that the weird. There was a we- like no one cares what you watch in a talk show now, but there was such. A People division. took sides yes. over talk shows. And Jay's a phenomenal stand-up. Like, his early stand-up is pretty... Fu- he's one of the yeah, best. That's why he got to, The Tonight Show. To, he got yes. The Tonight Show because he's stand-up, and he was... He could sit at that desk. Also, and, and, in and conversation, interview. I will hack this one joke from him when people are talking about political... Like, uh, he goes... Uh, he was talking about like Clinton and somebody else goes, well, like Jane Fonda or not, at least she went to Vietnam. And I will always find, I love, you know what I'm saying? That's one of my, you, you yeah. throw it like insert wh- whoever went to a war zone kind of yeah. thing that they liked. You know, like Sean Penn or not, at least he fucking went to Iraq. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, when people uh, bust his balls and stuff. And that's just derivative of Jay Leno. But he basically said his big problem with um, I'm dying up here is he said, well, maybe I didn't hang out with dicks. But we weren't so like, we didn't, we didn't like hate each other's success as much as they kind of like they were all assholes. In yeah, the, the you're show. on the TV show. That the show, TV show, that goes, Showtime he show. He goes like nothing made me feel cooler than going to see my going with my friend to go to the Tonight Show and see them do the Tonight Show. Yeah, because one, it may go. I'm just as good as him. Yeah. I can do that. Yeah, but it, you, but you have to admit, I, you have to look at it from the standpoint of storytelling. I think. Yeah, and I, but fat. I think it's, that was to them. It was more interesting to see the pettiness and the. But see, to me, nature. it became it became redundant. Like it became. I never saw the show, yeah. but I read and, the book. And, and, so and it had it had moments. I mean, it, it, can I say something? It was so inside. 
because of course I would love it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And also the, I'm good friends with Eric Griffin. You know, like we were good. Yeah, good Eric Griffin is great. I love Andrew Santino. I love Dude. there's Al Madrigal. Like there are people that there were on that so show that are talented. some of the most talented comedians that that are out there right now. Oh, dude, and it's crazy. I believe I believe the show being as inside yes. as it was hindered its success. And Showtime did absolutely nothing yes. to promote it. And I feel like they only picked up season two so Jim Carrey would do kidding. I, I wholeheartedly agree. But That's what I, I think. Right, Eric Griffin was really fucking good. And it's interesting because I know, I, I mean, I I know, I go back with Eric that I'm one of the reasons why he got on stage. Oh, nice. Because we were like, dude, you got to, fuck it. You got to, like, we would bust his ball so because he's literally the funniest guy in the fucking room. Yeah. He is, li- I mean, he's I. He's quick, dude. I just saw him at the improv two nights dude, ago. He killed insane. it. insane. Yeah. I've never seen someone who can be so offensive, but yet so likable at the same fucking he was, time. That's what he was doing, too. He was he using, he was, he was saying things that people were like, ugh, and then they go, oh, oh shut dude, the fuck you up. Just hug with him. a he's, smile. He and then by so the end amazing. of it, people were like, okay. Dude, <laughs> he is, li- like, uh, he is, and then his second special, I call, I purposely called him and said, dude, to do that right afterwards, I'm giving you mad props, man, because you burnt all that material, and then you had to write something. Fa- I go, you did a good job, dude. And there's that bit about me, the Me Too bit where you're oh, okay, a hugger. so that's the newer one. I'm a hugger. Yeah, yeah, I was like, yo, I gave him big props. I was like, you did a good job, dude. Do you remember a special? I think it was a Showtime thing he did. Both of them at Showtimes. Okay, so do you remember when we talked about a medallion being on the chest and it looked like a crop circle? Because it had matted all the hair down. <laughs> no, I'm not he had it because I, I think that the first special that joke made it. But he had a joke where he talked about people wearing medallions and if you have a hairy chest or whatever. And he came off stage. And I go, dude, you should say that she looks like a cro- like a, oh. a crop circle. He goes, ooh, bro, can I use that? And yes, I was, I was like, I was like, yeah. And I and I swear it made that special. I was like, bam, I got a oh. joke on Huck's TV. Done it. Dude, <laughs> Huck's done it, dude. But here's what's so cool. Like when I was watching like the the pilot. And of I'm dying up here. I'm dying yeah. up here, and you know, he, and what's so cool is he invited me to the premiere, which was really cool, and it was just it was a great, you know, it was cool to see my friend do so, but it was also cool to go to see like there's a moment when he's introducing the girl for the first time on the stage, and I go, ah, oh, there's Eric. Like it was a real, like I was like that. It just because it, I've known him for so long. I go, oh man, he's being so genuine. Yeah, and that was really cool because we've all done this stuff. It's the uh, to um, actually Brando actually says it's very hard to do art and film because it's literally catching lightning in a bottle because there's so many things that are stacked up against it happening and I go ah oh, I got to see my boy be genuine and that's fucking cool man. yeah and that that nothing is nothing is 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 uh, more satisfying for me than to see one of my friends. Like either rip it on stage. Like when I saw Bobby Lee do his first Tonight Show, dude, I don't know if you ever you ever yeah. saw it, but literally Christina Ricci stayed, stayed and was giving him so much fucking vibe. Now whether she, but she was so she loved it. Yeah. Oh my god! And this is what I love about what Bobby Lee did. He started counting off his applause breaks to Jay Leno. That's applause break number three, Jay. Like so, you know, I was like, "That's fucking Bobby Lee being fucking Bobby Lee." Yeah, and nothing's cooler than th- you know than seeing guys do that. I I think. Yeah, no, and I when I I think when I started there was pettiness, uh, because I was around people that could be petty. Of uh, yes, and, and then an any, and then you're like, business. oh, so yeah, we should be mad at so and so because they got this thing because you guys are mad. So well, yeah, I didn't, I don't care for this thing either. And then you realize. That like just because you don't like something doesn't mean it doesn't deserve its day in the sun, 
And just because you, you're not like best friends with somebody doesn't mean them. Su- now I look at it as if people around me are succeeding. Mm-hmm. That means that I'm around people, people that, that are, are successful. Yes. And there's a possibility that I could actually succeed. I'm going to stop you there. The, everything you said was great until you got to the point about there's a possibility you could <laughs> succeed as well. But also, I, I, will, I will say, say this. I feel, in a sense, <laughs> I already have succeeded. There you go. That's no, dude, a better still way in the of fucking ga- No, you're still in the fucking game. No, you're out here. Yeah, and I've, I've lasted this long, yes. and I do believe it becomes a numbers game, and it's a waiting game, and just how long can you... I, I will tell you, and I, I want to I jump mm-hmm. back to something else about you, because we didn't cover this last time, so it's really important. But one of the things that I don't tell people a lot about stand-up, like, I feel like my opinions... Um, are better kept to myself as and far that's as probably like how, better. Yeah. Right. yeah, it's probably fair. better for everybody. Uh, which I've always found it odd. People keep asking my opinion. I'm like, you need to stop asking. Yeah, <laughs> that's not as successful. I'm like, oh wait a minute, you you want to hear from me because then you know not what to do. But anyway, yes. <laughs> one of the things that I learned uh, when I finally figured it out for myself, and this is the only thing I share with people, is I always tell them, it doesn't matter what the person did before you or what the person's going to do after you. The only thing that matters is what you do when you go on stage. Everything else is irrelevant. So if you want to get focused into all that other shit. You're missing the point. Yeah, mm-hmm. comedy is a very personal journey. So mm-hmm. remember that if you can keep the, if you, if that's why you're doing it, you'll be fine. If you start thinking about all the other stuff that have nothing to do with you, it's going to get in your head. It's going to wreck it for you because it's already hard enough as it is. That, that's just the way I look yeah, at it. Yeah, and, and you either burn out or you become someone who's like, yeah, that's like, I've I I'm grateful that I'm even allowed to get on any stage to entertain anyone and that I get any laughs. Just you take know what advantage I mean? of your like moment, man. Just take advantage of your moment and then move on. And, and you know, like back to when you're saying like how con- like doing the open mics, why people you know still do them or whatever. Look, yeah. I always found that they can still be productive. Like you can still tell if a joke is good. It might or bad. Now it might not be every time. You know what I'm saying? But, like, you can go. You know I, when you've hit. You know when you, you, and if you can, if, like, here's what's interesting. Um, What's her name? Elijah Schlesinger? Sh- yes. When she won last comic standing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Remember she, like, her last set, she literally wrote a joke on the bus ride there. And everyone's like, you, then you hear all the comics going, that's stupid. Why would you do that? And part of me want to say, because you ain't L.A., you ain't, you, you're not an L.A. comic, are you? If you're an L.A. comic, Sometimes you got that gut feeling that L.A. is a place because you're doing such short time and so quick pops that sometimes now, you know, it's not always true, but you just get that feeling and you're like, that's a good joke. Yeah, I'm going to fucking do it. Oh, you know, and that's definitely an L. That's definitely like I find more prevalent in L.A. versus guys that like honed everything on the road. Yeah. And I also feel like when people try to place rules on comedy yes. like yeah. like don't ever open with a, i was going up at the improv once and i was they were literally about to call my name and this guy next to me is talking to me and i go i don't know man i've heard my whole first 10 minutes tonight is brand new i've never done it before. and he was like don't oh, ever he's like don't do that don't do that don't do that don't do that and he was like like it was like a he just panicked and i was like dude what is wrong with you <laughs> yeah. and then they called my name and i went up there and it went fine mm-hmm. It was like, what are you doing? But like, there are like, I will say this: if you are a comedian right now, you should be on Get Twitter oh. and you should be following Gary Goldman, who is giving a writing tip a Dude. day for the entire year. And these these writing these comedy tips are gold, baby. Oh. Like Goldman is so funny and so right about everything he's saying. That being said, 
These are guidelines. He's not stating them as rules. rules are, yes. And he's not telling you, if you don't do this, you're fucked. Like, he's saying, this can help you. It's helped me. I'm offering you this advice for free. Dude, he is one of the... I gotta say something. He is infinitely better live yeah. than on TV. I mean, like... Well, it, yeah, it, you get to you oh, get to you you get to my, be with him live. It's like, oh yeah. One of my favorite fucking experiences was uh, he actually makes reference to the torgasm. We're doing this fucking shithole in a, it's not a it's, yeah it's a shithole in Long Beach, okay? <laughs> but it's packed, all right. And that's the one where there's this 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 African American woman who's heckling him. He goes. Ma'am, I've got so much white guilt that I am unable to talk to any. And then some white woman goes, uh, pipes in and goes, however, you fucking white <laughs> cunt. And I was like, yeah. I mean, it was one of the coolest things I'd ever seen. And, oh, man, that, that room, and, and this is crazy because the next week, no one showed up. And it was me, Full Charon, and um, Chris Hardwick. Oh, wow. It had just got sold. It was becoming a strip bar the next day. Oh. All that was there was the crew setting up to make it a strip bar the next night. Oh. And a stripper and her father happened to sit in the front row. Uh, me and Matt, of course, you know, we don't like being there. We barely do our time. Chris Harwick, we decided, oh, look, Chris is going up. Chris Harwick does an hour and a fucking half yep. riffing with this fucking girl and his stri- the girl and his her dad. One of the most amazing things I'd ever seen. We were like... It was one of those amazing things. I, that's what's also cool about L.A. Yeah. Is you're going to see in some of these shitholes or some of these places, you can sometimes see some of the most amazing fucking acts of art you'll never see anywhere else. Yeah. Well, you, you're, you're, you're hitting on a point about um, just making the most of a horrible situation, which yes. is a muscle you don't necessarily know when it's going to come back. It could, ba- it could come back. 10 years later, like mm. when people watch some people live and they're like, I don't know how this is all happening. It's like it's it ha- it's happening because it's a series of events mm-hmm. that they have had to go through. So every one from the great shows to the worst shows they've ever had to go through are the, they all kind of like converge mm-hmm. and they develop your style, your muscle, your mm-hmm. ability to deal with certain situations and be able to create that light in a bottle that you're talking about, you know. And it By the way, that wasn't a sushi joint that flipped over, was it? it was I it, cannot remember. It was a long time. You ago. didn't you didn't talk through a karaoke machine, did you? No, no. There was a, there okay. was a real. I did a really bad one th- down th- there. There was a real amp and <clears throat> stuff, and that's what's so weird because they had just done an article about the show being so good. Actually, mentioned <laughs> me and Matt from <laughs> the week hilarious. before. I mean, it was crazy, and then it, they no sold one. it. And it was like what? But we're but, running. We're running. Hold on. We're running out of time because I don't want to forget about this. There was something we we have not talked about at okay. all because it's obviously critical to who you are. So when I met you, you had already lost the weight. Yes. You, you had the belt. And, oh, yeah. And, you know, you were obviously, you were, you were beginning the process mm-hmm. of writing and eventually performing yeah. your very successful one-man show. Yeah. The Weight is Gone, which I actually believe I saw in no, Burbank. No, The Weight is Over. Oh, Weight is Over. North Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, North Hollywood. Yeah, I yeah. went and I actually saw it there. So talk, just so we, let's, just, let's just get to that part of your journey. Obviously, you've lost all the weight. And your and, and it really in your whole one man show was just about how to actually, which is kind of interesting. Your perspective was because it was just like for a lot of people, it's a celebration, right? For oh, yeah, a lot of people in the not. rest of the other world or any other world, any other world, people would be like, "Rob the fucko," and that's not that was not the perception that you you carried, and it was very interesting. It's just and so anyway, th- th- I just wanted to, that that's where you and I that I that I met you at that point in your journey. And here's what's so jacked up about if. 
I am so much always generally like I was like I was the first guy to get past from my crew to get past the store. I was the first guy from my crew to to get a big movie. You know, I was the first guy to do like like if I was to do like lose the I could have done losing the weight much more successfully career-wise if I would have been a better businessman. Like if I wouldn't have left my if I wouldn't have made all the mistakes like in other words if I would have been sure every weekend while I was losing the weight, I was booked on a college. Like, in other words, I was using my star power to... To make money, perform. To make money while I was... Because basically, I mean, like, while I was going through this journey, you know, as opposed to, well, fuck it. I'm going to be immature and I'm going to fire everybody because no one's giving my props and blah, blah. Cause, and then, or we could have parlayed it into a weight loss deal. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I would have done things, it wouldn't have been such an impact because when I lost the weight, I spent all my money on a fucking movie that no one ever saw. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, like all this shit that like I did wrong, and then I was forced. And once again, I was now this person that no one knew had lost. You know what I'm saying like nothing was worse than getting a call from my agent going, "Hey, yeah, they're bringing you straight to producers." Oh, who's the casting director? And like you go, and I start thinking. I have not seen that person in like five years. There's no way they. <laughs> They're know. expecting you to be large. And I go, can you read me the role? And then it's obviously for someone obese or like incredibly fat. I go, you need to call them and tell them I don't look that way anymore. And they, oh, we we call and they said, oh, no, it's fine. The jokes aren't. And like you know, you're a writer. You know that this is a fat joke. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if they're advertising, if their breakdown has fat and overweight, yes. obese, like they're looking for a fat person. They're looking for a fat person. <laughs> and look, now, sometimes it's not. But 99.999%, the joke is written. There's a punchline, you know, for that. Right. And um, and I was, so I'd show up and I would be so like, I'm like, this is, and then, then it would build, it would, it would crush your self esteem. Because going, fuck, I'm not, you know, there's, I'm not even given a chance. You yeah. Know, you know, and then you just go, well, then I wrote that show. At least I was acting, I was doing plays, and I was doing all these things to remind me that I knew how to at least act. You know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't about the weight or whatever. Because I had done plays uh, when I was overweight that weren't based on my size. Mm -hmm. That I would crush you know what I'm saying? Uh, like emotionally and comedy-wise and all that stuff and hit all the beats. Um, that Okay, I can do this. You know, and then like Jeff Goldblum said, you know, he would have, because he was my teacher, one of my teachers at the time. Oh, wow. And he would bring me up to his house. We'd break down scripts and stuff. And it was really cool. And he would say to some of my periphery, and you know, I don't know if you, Jeff's really into being in, I mean, he's really into health. And he would like tell like my, you know, Eric, he doesn't need to be fat to be a good actor. He can, you know, and like he didn't know how to approach it <clears throat> to me. And that guy's been not, I mean, like that dude, if I was to show up where he's playing, he'd see, he would, he would go, you know, he would, he is so positive about my transition. My transition. And, <laughs> uh, and, and, and Dice was another one, man. Dice was, an, Dice is the main reason why I actually started losing weight because he was real close with Ollie Joe Prater. The, okay. Yeah, and like, he literally had tears in my eye, in his eyes after I went on tour with him and whatever. And he's like, 
got to lose some weight. I don't want you to die. Don't, you know, I, you know, I don't want you, you know, blah, 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 you know, and just, I could do this cheesy, my cheesy bad impression of him until one day, and he would literally send me home crying because I'm like, you know, you know, what are you doing? You don't know me, blah, blah. And then he gave me like a name of a doctor to go see to, so I could do it right or whatever. And yeah. I'm like, no, I'm, you know, and then one day I show up and he's like, you didn't go, you didn't go see that doctor, did you? Like, oh, well, you know, and I was creating excuses mm-hmm, and all sure. that. And then he goes, Okay, that's okay. I'll never mention it again to you. You want to die. I'll come to terms with it. I'll never make you cry again. It's, it's you know, I give up. And I literally cried. Andrew Dice Clay gave up on me. <laughs> <laughs> and then I literally started losing the weight. I mean, and I didn't tell anybody. And then he saw me, you know, and, you know. Yeah. You know, it just, it was one of those, like, that was a weird. When you but how weight, did he, was he, he was excited about it then. Yeah, I've only ran into him once, like, I think once or twice since I've lost the weight. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It, but, and I know Eleanor mm-hmm. had told him I'd lost the weight, you know, when I ran into her, you know, because I've known Eleanor uh, for years. Eleanor's great. Dude, I always joke around with her. She actually wanted to go out wanted to go out with me, but I assumed because I had such, you know, every other girl at that time had flirted with me, and I, you know, and I, I basically blew her off on a date. Like, I, you know, I never... You know, and I'm like, what an asshole. What what are the coolest human beings that yeah. would walk the face of the earth? For those who don't know, Eleanor was a long time waitress, waitress at the comedy store. And a phenomenal stand up comedy. And eventually yeah, just one day said, I'm, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm doing stand up. And she's become a great stand up. Yeah, great stand up. She features for Dice on the Road all the time. And, 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 and on her own. I mean, yeah, she is, she she is a clubs, funny. Yeah. I mean, she's always. Eleanor a, Kerrigan is her. We have, yeah, always a funny. Always a funny woman. Yeah. Like, you always go, yeah, you are. And also a really genuinely nice person. Always. She could have been very jaded. Like, I mean, again, I when I came to the comedy store, yeah. it was 2000. You were there a little well, bit Well, those were dark times. Yeah. Very dark, very dark times. Everyone was bitter. Everyone was angry. Yeah. But, you know, I, I have to I have to give props to uh, the waitresses there at that time. I Most of them don't work there anymore now. Yeah. I still am connected with most of them on Facebook. And the reason why is because they were all really good people. They, oh. Unlike the, most of the comics that I performed with at that time yeah. were very dark and bitter. Yeah. They were some of the sweetest, nicest people. And let's be honest, they were, they put up with a lot of shit at oh that time. Oh, my place. God, so yeah. So the fact that they were as great as they were, I, I have to give those those ladies props. Oh, For dude, sure. I, For I, sure. Will, I will tell you, Eleanor, I will always say nice things to Eleanor because, and I actually said to her, if a, if a guy that's not a little more offbeat is... You're into him. Just say you're into him. Just, just for me. Yeah. Because <laughs> we're not gonna know. But she was such like a just a cool fucking person, and you know, and and I remember she told uh, me and Dice shared a story where we almost died in a, a, a the pl- our private plane almost went down. Jesus. And uh, I guess she she was telling um one of his sons when they were seeing you know she was telling the story like something about that and I was like oh that's kind of cool that my name got brought up you know yeah. and uh, but uh, yeah Eleanor. Uh, what do, you know, that's the kind of thing I look back. I go, I have some really cool stories about fucking Los Angeles. I mean, like yeah. about my experience here in Los Angeles. Like really cool. Like you know, great firsthand stories. Firsthand stories. Right, 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 right. Like I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. I was actually writing a bunch of like like just odd things that happened from a kid from Kansas. Like uh, you know, I. Jeff Goldblum got me a hand job once, you know, inadvertently <laughs> was responsible for me getting a hand job. You know nice. what I'm saying? Uh, inadvertently. Yeah, because basically uh, I was at watching him play jazz. Did you cut in front of him? No, he thought he was stick no. shifting his no, no, uh, no, new no, Porsche. Uh, close, close. 
he could tell a girl liked me, and he fucking literally pushed, pushed me you. into her. And then, and then, like, I started creating space, and then he went up and put my hand on her hand. You know what I'm saying? He could tell, and then, you know, cut two, two weeks later. That, history. that girl yeah. gave me, a, you know, ended up giving me a hand job later on. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I mean, that's a pretty, I mean, that's a pretty fucking cool story. Can I go back something, not to stop the hand job oh, but story, but I, no, no, but I, I, you said that, um, and I'm assuming they all go hand in hand. Nope, no pun intended. Hand job, hand, hand job. Um, but you said that Dice says, you know, you lose the weight, you get really upset, and you start doing it. But you didn't see him for a while. It seems to simultaneously go with the fact: Did you stop going and doing stand up during that time? Oh no, no, no! I did stand up. But did you stop going to the comedy store? Because there was obviously a separation between you and the comedy store at some point. So people weren't seeing you physically. Here's what for a while, was. Well, he right? Was, he was he was back east back. I mean, or he, he was, was he okay. Was so he wasn't comedy storing it still all the time. Yeah, he was like definitely he was. was part of the the like the the dip in his career where he was kind of not like going out. I mean, he was I don't more know. east coast, less west coast. Yeah, possibly. Okay, I right. don't know what the reason was, but there was like I literally was doing. He was never there when I was at the store in the early 2000s. There was a yeah. lot of those guys that had gone, that had disappeared. He came back after 9/11. Yeah, and I'd lost the weight. Like that's when he started really going back and doing like maybe. Pursuing. But so you didn't you didn't disappear from a lot of people's lives when you lost the weight. No, no, just oh, okay. like guys that were busy working. Okay. Right. <laughs> okay. Guys Fair. that had their career how didn't stop. How long did it take you to lose? You said how much did you lose? Like 210. And how long did that take? Like, uh, probably two years. Okay. A little over, maybe three, something like two. At what point did you and people around you start? Wh- how many pounds do you have to lose before people start going, hey, you're well, actually... Because it sounds like you weren't vocal about it. No, I, I only person I was telling was my best friend, Tim Toulet. Okay. And Bill, I think, I don't know, Bill, Bill really even know, because he was kind of getting out of stand-up at the time. We were okay. kind of writing together. Um, It was just kind of Tim. Tim was kind of like, uh, like, he bought me my... He went and got me my uh, my elliptical. Okay. You know what I'm saying? He because he knew a lot about you know and uh, you know he was a guy that like like I remember I would walk on my elliptical and smoke cigarettes at the same time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, baby steps. That's what, that's exactly what he said. He goes, "That's better than you fucking not doing anything." You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like he he literally he. Do you remember day one? You know, like when I was describing day one of trying to get into that stand up and going, "What am I doing? This is wasting oh, yeah. my time." I mean, I'll do you remember? No, day, day one when you finally decided, "Fuck this!" Oh, lose weight. I'm doing it. Oh, or, or was it? Or was there a day where you're like, or was it day six where you're like, "Oh, I'm doing I want to quit," or I'm doing this, and then there was oh, another yeah. day where you're like, "Holy shit!" I'll tell you, exactly, I'm in the system. I'll tell you exactly what fucking happened. Right, because it's not easy. I no. want to be very clear. You survived it, but it, it, there's no way it was an easy journey. But losing the weight, yeah. I'll tell you exactly what happened. It was the dice conversation. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I was like, he gave up. That didn't mean I started losing weight. I probably went home that day and fucking ate shitloads of food. And, okay. And avoided the comedy store maybe a little bit. Or avo- like if I saw him, I kind of... Avoided something or something. You know, but yeah. I was going up because I was getting spots back yeah. then. Oh, it was like the, the best time in the world. This is about when? Uh, Would have been like, you know, 90, 98. It was right around okay. the time I was doing... Um, I was I had just booked... So uh, like around 97, maybe? 97, 98, okay. okay. So here's what it was, is that... Um, Right around that time, I got some sort of um, um, stomach virus. Okay. Okay. And literally, and this, I, I, I know what it is. I was trying to make a trailer, a sizzle, like a trailer for my movie to get financing, okay? For the weight movie? No, it was called, oh. it was just a movie that stand Something different. Oh, okay. It was, at that time, it was called Stage Time. Uh, it's actually a really good script. But, um, 
So I, I get the stomach virus, and literally for me to go out and do stand, like go do the improv or do the comedy store, and because I'm a, I was a very overweight person, I have certain issues. Like I don't want to be taking a shit in public. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because oh go, the fat guy's taking a shit. You know, like I, I really tried very hard not to be cliche. Right. Like I was always very well kept. I always smelled good. You know what I'm saying? Did I, you eat in public? I'd be very cautious. I mean, I would eat with the boys. Like afterwards, right, right. You know but saying? I mean, like, but I yeah. would be kind of. You're right. I, I had my my things. Like, you know, what I'm saying. So, I had the stomach virus. So, in order for me to go out at night, I literally could not put anything else in my body after 5 p.m. Oh, wow. I couldn't drink water because it would go right fucking through me. So I'd be, you know, so, and then I would go out at like eight o'clock or something. So, so I did this about two, you know, about a week and a half, two weeks, something like that, and uh, then I got better. But then I went, hey. My my clothes are kind of fitting a little loose. I said, okay, I'm not going to diet. I'm just not going to eat after six or something like that. Long st- about the, you know, so. Which is also smart and helps. Hold on. Here's what it was is that my buddy Tim goes, it's always eat less, exercise more. He goes, by you not eating after six, Eric, you stopped that fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh meal you were having. Uh. And I was like, yeah, I was like, Thank you for the reality check, but you are correct. You know, uh. because you know what I would do is like you know you, you um, I'd get up at the store, uh, gra- grab a little car- uh, 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 carnies, yeah, carnies. Hot okay, dogs. after the store, then I maybe go to this other place. Oh, they have burgers here. I got yeah, a burger. Swingers is open till four. Yeah, yes, and then at the very let's hey guys, let's go to fucking Denny's. Yep. You yeah. know, two o'clock and you know and eat rock and roll Denny's. You know, um, so that was that journey happened, and then. Right around, you know, you talk about the, the wait is over. Like all the dark shit about the agent and stuff. That's actually a combination of some characters, but mostly my acting teacher, not Jeff Goldblum, but the other guy that, that and I'll fucking say it. I had lost 80 pounds, okay? I was still morbidly obese, okay? I was not even just obese. I was morbidly, dangerously more. I, like, yeah. there, was three, there were some adjectives on there that said, hey, you're really fucked up still. He goes, hey, man, you're losing weight. I go, yeah, and I didn't say, I was like, yeah, you know, yeah, well, I'm not worried about you. Yeah, he goes, well, you might want to be careful because you don't want to ruin your career. Fuck that guy. Dude, and can I tell you, your acting teacher fucking telling you that? Dude, that fucking devastated me. That's ridiculous. Devastated. Now, cut to no one has been more supportive of me after losing my weight than him, like, giving me always a, play to, a place to perform and do some, you know, do some stuff. You yeah, he probably realizes that was a shitty comment. Well, I don't know if he might have literally not even even realized he said it because you know he's that. It's a different time people said shit. Well, it's a, it's kind of like the Clint Eastwood character in Mule does have the uh, doesn't have a filter sometimes, you know. Yeah. But no, it was still fucking the most. Sh- it, to this day, it was the shittiest, the most you know. Because here's the guy that says. This is the guy that said all my work was, you know. You're an actor. You're a good actor. Yeah, and then to not, say. Not, you're a good fat actor. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Dude, to this day, that literally, I mean, it, I mean that night I, I did attempt suicide. I did, I literally, that was, the, that was the night where I was like, I'm fucking all in. Because this is it. It's over. As far as you were concerned. Yeah. Well, no. You, he, it was a no-win situation for you? Bingo. Yeah, I was like that. And then, remember I told you, I had like the stomach flu. Well, part of the thing was if you're going to, they wanted me to give like a, uh, a stool sample. There's this chemical that you're supposed to put it in. I never did because I got better, but I had it underneath my sink the entire, you know, and I just went under the sink, poured a glass, and I was like, I was going to do, I was doing the Lord's Prayer, four o'clock in the fucking morning. And well, here's what's funnier is before then, 
I was get, I was smoking a lot. Of, I mean, I was getting high a lot, and I was able to handle the marijuana munchies versus the beer munchies. You know what I'm saying? So I was smoking a lot of weed, and my drug dealer had just got me some primo fucking weed, and he's one of my closest friends, and I'm on the phone talking with him, and he's talking to me. I'm like, we were supposed to go to a strip bar. I'm like, I can't go to the strip bar because I literally sat outside the 7-Eleven on, on Tahunga and Riverside, just sat in my car crying, you know, looking at a hot dog. You know what I'm saying? Go back to the house. <laughs> Jeff has no idea what's going on. And I'm sitting I'm talking on the phone, and he's like, dude, well, first of all, maybe you, shouldn't sp- you should stop, uh, you know, maybe you shouldn't smoke uh, any more weed right now. So at that point, I throw it in the fucking toilet. I flush. He goes, did you just flush that eighth I just got for <laughs> He goes, I just said put the pipe down. He I goes, next time, next time I'll come over. I'll get that. Yeah. But he goes, I understand. And then, of course, I hung up. The, I, I thought I was okay at that point. You know, like we were laughing, and I hung up the phone, and then all that tape started playing in my fucking head again, you know. So I'm sitting there doing the Lord's Prayer, you know, looking at that fucking poison. You know, it says, do not, you know, automatically, you know, it's, it says, you, it's toxic, don't ingest, call me, you know, all that. I'm looking at it. Four o'clock in the fucking morning, I'm, I'm like, fuck it. I'm about ready to lift it. My fucking phone rings. It's my fucking friend, Mike Bell, who happens to suffer from depression. All the time. Like he's, you know, beat the guy who cried last. <laughs> and he go, I go, and all I thought, four o'clock in the morning, someone must have died. You know, something. I was like, what the fuck's gone wrong now? And he goes, I had this weird feeling. You needed somebody to talk to right now. And I was like, boom. And, we, and I was like, yeah, man, I was thinking about killing myself. Because I think about it too sometimes. And we talked it out. And then I was like, that's when I went, I'm fucking in. Fuck this. You know, and then th- that's when I booked, bl- like I booked Blade, you know, and then I, it was funny because when I, when I got size for the Blade mask, um, by the time I went and shot Blade, they had to like, <laughs> they had to like readjust it because I had lost so much. W- I mean, I was still fat, you know what I'm saying? But I had but lost still, so much. Yeah. And that's what was also one of those cool things that I went, wait a second, I don't need to be fat so the sign, the, the things, were, these signs were happening. Yes, yes, yes. And then I was, you know, and like I said, I was, I, I wish I would have, uh, like I said, handled my, like what I, I know I talked about this earlier. I, I didn't, you know, I grew up without a fucking dad. My yeah. mom's a fucking idiot. You know, like I never had good business people. Like good, like this is like a good role. Like being a dad, it's the one thing you could teach your kid is how to make decisions, how to not skip a step, but do the step properly. Yeah. You know, and be, you know, like be there to go. Hey, no, you. No, you're not being a bad guy. You're making a good business decision. You know, this, you know, like I made terrible business decisions. You know, I left Parallel Entertainment before they exploded and became the, you know, I mean, I didn't leave, I didn't leave under the, the, the worst of terms. I just didn't renew my contract. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because they didn't return a few phone calls, mine. And some, some, uh, some other guy wanted to represent me who, who's who's uh, part, who's been me too'd real bad, but um, I won't wow. mention the name. But he, it's it was nothing nothing made me giggle more than when I saw. Ooh, I, I shouldn't say that. He's, but he, I believe it. Um, but I left him, and he of course shelved my career. You know what I'm saying? And uh, and then you know when you leave someone who's like family, you know, they yeah. I I could have probably asked, hey, could I come back? And they might have. But I felt like so ashamed that I felt for a cle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And th- whenever our paths have crossed, they have, you know, Jay, they have been nothing but insanely not, you know, like really nice to me. You know what I'm saying? So I will never talk anything bad about those, you know, JP and 
in his wife. They were like, in other words, they were, I wish I would have made, I wish I would have listened to their business decisions more. Fair enough, but let me ask you something that I think is a little bit more important than than that. I mean, listen, that's that's just part of life, right? Oh, that's yeah, the yeah, life yeah, cycle. Yeah, that's growing up. You're you growing. You're that. learning. You're figuring. Well, yeah, it no, out. you got to so, you got to you got to take responsibility. And, you know. and I'm going to ask this because I think it is extremely important because we know people, and John has had heavyweight fr- friends that were very extremely overweight. Oh. Other, there's been a lot of comedians yeah, since you did Ralphie. this. That have died, yeah. and one of the one of the reasons why was because yep. they never dealt with their weight, yep. and they're there, and they had many people just like you did, yeah. saying to them, "Look, man, at some point this is dangerous." There are other friends of ours currently that we all know mm-hmm. that we can that we get concerned about, and uh, you know, with with their weight, and so that part of me, as far as I'm concerned, you've already won. You, yeah, know, you yeah. can look back on all the things that weight loss, that you lost in your weight loss, right? Yeah. But all the things that you gained are extremely important. Oh, yeah, you know, That's totally. the way I look at it. I mean, that's the lesson to be learned there. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you on the brighter side of it, was there a specific day, not that you remember when you wanted to go all in, that- but there was a day when you went for yourself, just for yourself, not the outside world, that you woke up, whatever a pair of pants or shirt or look in the mirror or day you walked outside and you, you, it was, it was a different day for you. Like oh, yeah, when you right. hit, when you hit like an official oh. day, cause I, ever since I've known you, you've yeah. always kind of been the same size. Like yeah, it's, like, it's funny like, when you even refer to yourself yeah, like, as, like, like, as like, overweight, I kind of chuckle because like, Yes, you, you never, know, you know, yeah. You're, you're not. It's like no, I I've never seen you that yeah, way. So but, I'm but, curious. But I but I know. But here's because I'm here. going back to 2000. I've known oh, you yeah. since 2000. So and that's when I was my best. Uh, <laughs> and it's funny. That's why I, <laughs> we all have. It's when I was best. Trust no, me. No, that's like the, best. This just happened the other day. I'm gonna uh, just a fair weather warning for everybody. Don't look at pictures of yourself 20 years ago. Oh. It's depressing. So anyway, continue. Well, the, it's funny why I always joke around about why I'm like I was mad at Feeney because she had my best years. <laughs> <laughs> I had my best hair. It was, <laughs> you know. Um, so I always joke about that. But no. Um, um, it was the day I w- there. It was the day I went to Macy's and I was able to buy off the fucking rack, and I dropped four hundred dollars that day. Because you were stoked. I was stoked. And none of those clothes fit anymore because you were still you're still <laughs> obese. I no no no. I still like lost weight. Yeah, like yeah. I went down. I was like motherfucker. I literally I there was shit I never wore. Because I lost, you never got was, to it. You I, know I, what? I, yeah, it was the best four hundred dollars you ever spent. Well, check this out. Because that same night, I went. There was a girl, one of the girls I kind of was like wanting to lose this for, you know. And I went. With, I don't. Know if, I don't know if you knew Mike Bundy, but my buddy Tim Tilly, Mike Bundy, uh, this girl who I had, I got to like write a, like actually I got to write a letter saying hey, it's kind of a douchebag, you know. Like I did some really fu- like emotionally hostage kind of shit, yeah. You know, that I'm really, you know, I need to write a letter. But she was working at Bar Mamont. At the time, and I was like, "Hey," uh, and also she caused a little rift between me and my, my, my best boy because uh, you know I was off in Toronto shooting a movie with Jeremy Renner and uh, my my friend Tim. Don't ever bring a, a wingman better looking than you, <laughs> ever. Okay, <laughs> so of course you know they were about ready to do the deal. He goes, "I can't do this." She goes, "Why?" He goes, "Eric's my best friend." She goes, "I can't believe you're letting him." Stand between us, and I was like, my boy made. He still made out. I he might have got a <laughs> he might have got a hand. You know, well, uh, well, you know what I'm yeah. saying. But like, you know, still he didn't go all the way. But he may have uh, gotten a gold bloom out of it. He, he didn't do the gold bloom on her. But um, I went. We went to Bar Mamont, and I like waited around to see if she would recognize me, and she didn't recognize me until I went, "Hey, what's up, Kim?" And then she's like, 
You know, like that, like, and it was, and then the next thing, that's when I knew, I was like, fuck, I'm a different person. Then I heard rumors about this, to this day, one of my, one of the most awesomest, just um, st- way out of my league, stunning. She was 18, I was 28, gorgeous model, loved me for who I was. You know, I mean, she was, of course, incredibly damaged, but, uh, I mean, she w- had no, I mean, just a oh, very s- beautiful girl. Um we, I heard rumors she was uh, like working at like um, Macy's or something. She, I used to do this joke on you. Know, Dave Coulier bangs uh, Alanis Morissette. She writes fucking jagged little pull. I had sex with a girl who had a, a sitcom. Now she's folding shirts at the Gap. <laughs> you know what I'm saying like I, like the reverse thing. Uh, so she she was uh, working and I I like went there and you know this is a girl I actually had sex with. I took her virginity and she's looking at me like and finally I go it's me. Eric and she was like, <gasps> you know, it was like, it was like the, you know, it was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a different person now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You kind of went on this different person tour. It sounds. like. I wish I would, if I would have like done it right. That's what I'm saying. If I would have planned yeah. that right. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But I gotta uh, tell you, something. call it the different person tour. And I don't know if you do you know Dante. Uh, I I don't know him, but, but know I know him. him. Yes, yeah, yeah. That dude was so supportive of me losing, like, because he always had rooms. Yeah. He always had gigs. Yeah. He always, like, would try to get me to stay, you know, like, you know, and he, like, he goes, dude, why are you freaking out? You know, because, like, you know, I, I blew out, like, losing the weight, I lost so much fucking material. So, yeah. I, you know, I had a bomb. Yeah. Again, you know, and he could tell that I was rattled, but he would always be fucking, like, real supportive. And then when Ralphie May died, like I was like, yo, Dante. I I, I actually had to tell him because I just you know I heard said you know Ralphie May passed. He's like, and I go, dude. I just want to say thank you for always got my back. You know, and I'm gonna get. But he was like, you know, he's like, hey, no yeah. Problem. But that's a big thing because like, and it's weird because like guys would avoid me at times because I like this is reality. You know, I used to have a lot. I mean, I blew so much money. I had so much fucking money when I was overweight. To where you know then I'm struggling and stuff. That's reality. Yeah. You know, it ain't easy. You know, it's like, in the, now, the reason why I haven't given up this acting thing is like, no one's going to retrain a 52-year-old guy. You know what I'm saying? I might as well, I'm all in. I get enough, I get enough scraps saying, okay, just keep on, keep on doing that. You know, you're going to, you're, you're going to get your groove again. You get, you get enough hits saying, okay, it's just that right thing, you know, because no one's going to retrain a 52-year-old. I mean, it's Walmart. I could be a greeter. You know, that's basically my other option, you know, but like, I'm what, I'm going to go to law school? You know, do the math. It's it's just not. I rather would rather focus all that energy into this. Yeah. Well, I as you know, I've always uh, one thought you were funny. Always had ultimate respect for you, and also mm-hmm. thought you and, and knew you were a great actor, which mm-hmm. you and I were talking about before. Yes, favorite moment that I I went, you know one of the first things I ever did when people finally started actually self-producing. Yes. Right? Yeah. 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 Um, back in the early two thousands, it became a affordable. trend to start affordable. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Not as affordable as it is now. Yeah, but no, yeah, but, but still affordable yeah. if you if you played your cards right. Yeah. To um, make your own uh, pitch reels along with your show bibles to pitch your movie ideas or TV show ideas. So I had, along with Jeff Cooper, had written uh, a television pilot called The Fives, which was a funny version of Law and Order, basically. Oh, so good. Which yeah, people may be very familiar with it now because it's on television, which we'll talk about in a second. <laughs> but, but actually, I got to go soon. Listen, yeah, yeah. So you and I were just talking about it, and I and I, I took it around. I, I pitched that. Uh, Louis Anderson helped produce it with me, and his producing partner Abraham. They helped me produce it. Um, you were in it, and what was great about your character was we had you were just an extremely high-strung, violent oh. Christian. 
Yes. And and it was it, you were in this battle of like trying to control your anger while finding God. And so it was a really great, very complex <laughs> character for comedy, actually. And so just, I just, I mean, you beat up a dead person who came back to life. <laughs> you beat up a guy who admitted had admitted his crime, but you just didn't want to hear that because you wanted to beat him up. Like you just, there was so much, dude. I, with that character, that was my favorite, one of my favorite action experiences of all time. Because I fucking did not give a fuck in a good way. Like I was yeah. just gonna, I'm not gonna stop acting till they say fucking cut. Yeah. And to this day, one of my favorite moments was that moment where everyone forgets about the the dude we're interrogating. They're holding me back, and he decides, and no one's yelling cut. So what? Because he was like the prop guy, right? He was he was like he a, was also the sound guy. Yeah, he was. That's what it was. So he was like Bill necessarily Jenkins, a train. Yeah. Like he acting wasn't what he was making. He was doing a lot of things. Yeah, and he's like, "Fuck no, I'm gonna leave." And so he and I'm like, "He's getting away." He's getting away. And it was like I just I was like, and then it became this whole other thing that was so fucking cool. And I go, "That's when they talk about those happy acts. You know, those are the yeah. things like as an actor." Well, yeah, I, and, and I will tell you from the other side of the camera what we saw in that moment. So basically. Eric is is in there with Peter Sprite, I believe. Yes, you know, Peter yes, Sprite yes. are interrogating this guy who speaks in tongues. So our, but we had the subtitles underneath, and everything the guy was saying was, "Yeah, I, I committed the crime. I am <laughs> I the murderer. Did it. I did it." And he is like, "You better, you better stop lying to me right now and admit what you admit that you're the murderer." And he's like, "I I, I am the murderer," and he's not hearing it. <laughs> so eventually, he wants to beat up the guy. To which, out of nowhere, other people in the police station hear this. They jump in. Eric starts getting in a fight with the other police officers, which causes the guy they're interrogating to just leave, leave because walk they're out the all door. fighting each other, <laughs> to which he's trying to now get the guy who just Took got off. out. Oh, you know. dude. It was like, but I go, he's getting away. Yeah. But we saw the fight. Off. So back to what I was saying was that in that moment, we held the cut because we saw it was supposed to end just on the fight. Right. And we kept letting it go, and it was actually a natural response. So the guy kind of looked around. He was actually looking around to wait for cut. Yeah. And then but the way like, he looked around, he realized I can get out of here. I could just leave. So just he leave. just starts. He ends the cut, but it comes off. They never stopped, and it oh. just to oh, me dude. that the, the, the beauty of of that moment, what you're talking about, was that when you cast appropriately, yeah. great things can happen if you just stay back and let it happen. Yeah. Instead, if, if you're if you're not like. No, no, yep. stop it, stop it. Just let it play out. Who cares? That's the beauty of also shooting digitally. Yeah. As you can go on and on and on and on. You're, you not, wasting You're not wasting film. film. Yeah. Dude, it was such a blast. Look. Great. Anyway, great. Anyway, it was great. It went really well. We pitched it. It was very well received around town. Barry Katz, who is very successful now, was representing it. Louis was affiliated with it. And it, it, we, Eric always brings it up, and I always told him it was just the wrong time. It was yeah. hour longs so were very popular. But if back you want to see that show now, you can watch Brooklyn NBC. Nine Nine. It's yeah, called Brooklyn Nine Nine. Like, which we have, we have you do, great. yes, but you do know Brooklyn Nine Nine. The pilot was shot at the Herald Examiner in the same police station. Yeah, I was a part of it from the beginning. I helped set up the police station that they ended up shooting. It is now the set that they use. So there is this weird come around, and yes, people bring it up to me all the time. I know, I know, but you know what? Bottom line, like I said, that was the fun, one of the funniest scripts I've ever read. One of the funniest half hours I ever read. We will post it's it's on YouTube. We will post the, the uh, I'll give you a, a link to the uh, to the actual uh, sizzle that we. Did. Oh yeah, for sure. Eric Edwards, Eric, thank, thank you so, you so you much guys, for coming let's by do it again. If you, I mean, if you're absolutely, going, you know, we could probably get another out, good hour and a half out of you. Just go to the bathroom. We'll be done by the time. 
You just the, only, the last person to leave while we were still talking was my dad. He also left to go to the bathroom. So, <laughs> uh, but so congrats on aging. Yeah, um, and great uh, stuff. Great show. Thank you guys for listening. And I know we kind of glossed over his <laughs> suicide uh, idea, but if you are depressed at all, it wasn't a suicide idea. He he can he contemplated. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, if that crosses anyone's mind, you know, reach out to somebody. Yep, and check in on your friends and. Call a hotline if you have to. And agree, agree, agree. And and Eric touched on something that we kind of discussed barely on the show with Ira, but we talked a lot about afterwards, which is that there's a reason why that guy called. We are connected. Yeah. You can think that I'm crazy for saying that, but nope. I, at this point in my life, I now truly believe that. So if you ever get a feeling you need to call somebody, there's a reason why you're getting that feeling, and you should follow up on call those phone calls. You always should follow up. You should always follow up. So if you, if, it com- if something comes into your head out of nowhere, there is a reason for that. It's your your where our connection is is opening up something to you, and you should take advantage of that. You really, really should. Agreed. Uh, all right. Good stuff. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you for listening to Hollywood Anonymous. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Hollywood Anani. That is short for Hollywood Anonymous. You can also follow John individually at John Huck and myself, Brian Irwin, at Brian Irwin on Twitter as well. Both of us can be found on Facebook. You can also Google us and contact us directly, HollywoodAnonymousGuys at gmail.com. Thank you again so much for listening, and please don't forget to subscribe. 